So, all right. If we're going, what? So, do you consider yourself the captain of this vessel? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. You do? Okay. So, what do you mean? I'm just, you know. I, mean, I'll I, need let you take I need to know who runs the show. Oh, yeah, but I'll let you take the wheel if you want to. I mean, no, wanna, no, I just... If so you want to go what, uh, I, what I just All I need to know is if, if, if this thing topples, what's the uh, the plan of egress, Skipper? Oh, we got life jackets right here. Oh, you want you can put them on if that makes you more comfortable. I would put one on, but, like, it's a nice day and there might be some babes out here. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's that's not a... It's like, dude, do you ever do you ever smoke those little vapes? No, I, okay. I hit a vape one time. Dude, so I went through this little phase where I, I got addicted to those little things. Yeah. And like, the only, do you mess with nicotine at all? I don't, I don't even mess with anything yeah, that much. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's what people say, but is it? I, well, what, that it's good? Yeah. Probably. I don't think, I, don't, I, think, I think your body is good without nicotine. I know like straight. Yeah, but is life that much fun? Isn't life a little more fun when you get a little risky? I wouldn't say a Zin pouch is risky. <laughs> I know. I was just talking in the. Oh, in general, yeah, 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 and, yeah. and that's probably what crackheads tell themselves. Like, dude, what else would I be doing? Working the cubes right now, you know? If if you got a full pallet of teeth, yeah, are you really living? <laughs> that's a question, dude. That's a real question. And I knocked my two front teeth out oh, in really? high school, and uh, my senior picture, I took. So it was like dentures. Yeah. And I actually, I actually had a mullet at the time, oh, so wow. I took the dentures out for the picture, mm. and my mom cried, so I had to. Uh, Put him back in and do that. <laughs> it was my dad's idea. Um, but back to the back to the captaining real quick. If this thing were to, oh, yeah. were to fall over, what's the? We just swim ashore. I mean, if what are the can, odds? It, Has it happened? Well, I've done probably close to ten of these Nothing. now. And it hasn't happened. There's been some close calls on camera. I've gotten some water in the boat before. That was a scary. Yeah. And that was... We got technology and, like, yeah. electricity in here. The hardest part, I'll say, is getting in and out. So, yeah. like, once we're on here, I think we're good. Unless yeah. you just, like, really... These are, these are steady seas today. Yeah. Sure. And that was another time. One time sure. it was really windy out here. So, I, I'm really just aiming to get yeah. the good conditions. Okay. okay. Um, and well, I, yeah, you passed you passed the test. Then I just wanted to make sure that you had you know complete control of this uh, operation, and you do, Nico. Oh, I'm going down with the vessel if it. Oh, uh, as as a, as a good captain. Should, yeah, yeah, really. yeah. And I, there's you, not enough of that. There's not enough of people just taking accountability. Right. And like, eh, I don't want to get. I, I almost got political there for a second. Oh, okay. I don't, don't want to do that. But let it fly, dude. We can always clip it. I, if you if there's a hole in this and you went down, yeah. I would make sure that every person I met for the rest of my life knew that story, knew the real Nico story, <laughs> because that's important. Like I watched a uh, World War II movie, Midway. Have you seen it? No. Is that with Tom Hanks? Um, no. But it's funny you mention that because if you didn't pass the captain test, I was gonna make like a Captain uh, Phillips. Yeah, I was gonna make a Captain Phillips because I, I I have um. Uh, Somalian pirate energy, I've been told, and uh, I wouldn't hesitate. Oh, Don't have you seen that movie? Those are the types of people I shouldn't let on this canoe. You're the ones I you, should be worried. There about. was no vetting process. You asked me no <laughs> questions, no waiver, nothing. You just let me. I could, I could overtake this right now. We can end up in Toledo. Dude, I'm the biggest wimp when it comes to that. All you got it. Like if anybody tried to steal any, okay, just there take it. Just take it as a are loss. Are you? Have you seen Captain Phillips? I've seen parts of it, but don't I feel, you like, feel you like you only need to see like two minutes to feel like you've seen the whole movie. Right. But don't you feel like if you were there, you could stop it? I could stop it? Oh, you, yeah. Because, dude, mean, they're yeah. on this big ship, and this little 
skiff boat full of three Somalians uh-huh. took it over and they just climbed up the ladder. It's like, dude, if I was That's there, because you need two hands on the ladder. I feel like if you just tickle them under the arm, they're dropping. Yeah. Like you don't even have to hurt them. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, and you get, you get to have a movie made about you yeah. because you got your ship. That's what's I, always weird. I bet. You know what would be a good movie is like an inspirational story for Somalian pirates where it's like a young yeah. Somalian grew up. People told him he, he didn't have the audacity or the courage or tenacity to, to be a pirate. So he had to like build his own little skiff. I like that. Yeah. You're from California. Did you surf? Yeah, a little bit. Like when I, I went to uh, UC Santa Barbara, so oh, okay. I surfed SB. there. Yeah. Nice. What was it like for you going to Santa Barbara? Because... For anyone that doesn't know, that's like a huge party school, right? That's like primary. I think people apply to Santa Barbara thinking of of partying before anything educational, right? Yeah, probably. Um, If if they're aware of it, yeah. I think think people who would have wanted to go to Santa Barbara for the reasons it's known for would probably be pissed that I went there and uh, did not take full advantage in the way that they did. You never what lived if? in like IV or anything? I did live in IV, but everyone lives in IV pretty I much. Yes. But um DP? I didn't live on DP. That's no. the party street, right? Yeah, that's too much for me. I don't like people that I don't like people enough to be around a lot of them. Crowds, it's yeah. just So you never did like the Flotopia or the Halloween stuff? Flotopia didn't it Kinda was canceled out. by the time I and then it became Deltopia. Deltopia yep. And then even for Deltopia, they tried to go crack down on that pretty well. So I, I was never in the heyday of partying. And as the partying went down, it became more of like an academic school in a way. And it's kind of, but it's still a big party school. Yeah. I, I wonder about? if people like, I didn't go to college. Yeah. I wonder if people later in life, like think, you know, just regret the part, not regret the partying, but think it's like, it's like, that wasn't it. We, I could have been doing better. I could have been doing something else. Like, because... Yeah. Like, I always look at it, so I was in the military, right? Mm-hmm. And I always, people are always, I remember when I first knew that I wasn't going to college, I, was, I felt like I was really missing out on something. Mm. Like, you know, all this partying, because I was seeing all my friends, like, in Chico and yeah. all these other big party schools. And yeah. I'm like, dude, what, like, what am I going to do? But then a year later, you know, I'm on the beaches of the Philippines, wow. you know, drinking beer and having the time of my life. And the next day I'm waking up in Guam, the next day I'm waking up in Japan. And I'm like, dude, I kind of feel like I win. And, like, yeah. I'm getting paid, and yeah. all these kids are going to be broke. Yeah, you know, and I think today now, like, God, this is a boring topic. I'm sorry. No, it's not. I, but I, I th- got something to say about. it. I Go think ahead. now, um, college is becoming a little more obsolete. I don't think it's getting pushed. Oh yeah, on kids as much, especially like in business. Like, yeah. this right here is a business. Like, what you're doing yeah. is a business because eventually, I'd assume the goal is to get sponsorships and monetize this, which is a business and could be a living. I mean. How many people do we know, comedians, stuff like that, that podcast for a living? Like, this is a, we've completely streamlined, like, you don't need to be the guy that's seen and picked up by a news network and be in front of a TV and fed a script. You can get on a canoe or just go to your room, turn on a mic and just riff with nobody telling you what to say, nobody stopping you. Right. You know, so I feel like, what, I, I just, what did you get a degree in? Yeah, economics. Economics. Yeah. Okay. I have no idea what that even means. Me neither. Not to like, you know. Yeah. Take away from it or anything. I just I wouldn't even know. No, take all of take everything. Well, what do you do? But you're a teacher. I'm a substitute teacher. Okay. Which you can do with any Actually, here in Texas you can do it out of high school, I believe. Really? But you get paid a little bit more if you have certain qualifications, own okay. degree and stuff. Okay. But uh 
no, no, no. I got a degree for economics and I thought I was going to go and, you know, I was in college thinking maybe I'll be an accountant or something like that. And as it got towards the end, I was going to drop out actually. And I was like, and I had one year left. My parents were like, dude, just finish. Then you can do whatever. Okay. Um, so I just finished and I guess I'm glad in hindsight that I did. All four I, years at Santa Barbara? Two. I transferred from COC. Okay. And that's, I did a semester. So I lied. I did do a, one semester of college of which I dropped right. out of. Right. Couldn't handle the heat. Yeah, I, I think it's a smart move. Dude, I really, I mean, I don't know. What you get out of college is not in the classroom, I don't think. I just remember. Which is what you're paying for, which is a ripoff. I just remember, I feel like it's a false reality where kids go off to college and think, I'm an adult now. Mm. You know, this is what life is. This is the real world. When in reality, I would assume most college parents are, 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 pay, are giving their kids money. Yeah. And then it's just like summer camp. Like you, oh, yeah. you know, you have someone, you have like a, uh, what's a DA stand for in the dorms? Advisor, right? Dorm advisor. Isn't that a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have someone looking R- over you. We call them RAs, I think. RAs. So you have someone looking over you there. Residential you, advisor. You have teachers that are guiding you. Like, whereas like, you know, I, so when I just got out of the military, like there's none of that. Yeah. You know, I'm in the real world now and like I'm 27 years oh, old. Yeah can't go back to my parents. I can't. My dad keeps trying to get me to go back, man. Really? And, uh... That's sweet. Yeah, it's sweet because I know he misses me, but it's, yeah. like, also, like, don't you think you kind of failed as a parent if you, like... I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, there's some of that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it comes from generations. Maybe his, uh... He didn't get that from his parents or something like that. Yeah. And so he wants to... He's old, to too. Oh, he's old? Super old. Seven, 74. Yeah, dude. Parenting is a weird thing because it's, like... A lot of the. Are you? Do you have a kid? No. Oh, okay. But uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, dude. You know, my kid, I just, uh, oh, I just give him funny. a dollar, tell him to throw some dirt on his wounds, and send him back out yeah, there. Yeah, dude. I mean, with my first kid, you know, we tried our best. Yeah, <laughs> dude. The you, second, you, the third. I, you seem a little fatherly too. Oh, really? like, I feel like you would have good advice for a kid. Uh, what would you tell sixteen-year-old you? How you're twenty-three? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. What would you tell sixteen-year-old you, knowing Thanks what for you the know compliment. now? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I take care of myself. Yeah, dude, you're, you're aging nicely. <laughs> I can tell you that. What would you tell your 16-year-old your self? Like, just advice. I would tell my 16-year-old self uh, just... It's a tough do, question, huh? I, the biggest thing, I, and it doesn't sound like much, but I would just say whatever you like to do, just put as much energy into that as possible and stop trying to please other people. You know, what, you know what's funny is that's great advice, and I, I tell myself that. But it's really hard. It's still hard to do because it. Because when you're, and like, we're young, yeah. filled with ambition, yeah. and it feels like the world, like, I'm in a brand new city now. There's yeah. so many opportunities, and it's so hard to do that. Yeah. Do you listen to, like, David Goggins? Uh, I've heard him on Joe Rogan before, right. but I don't so listen to too much. It's intense. He's intense. And yeah. it's like, but his advice is like, if you want to be the best at everything, you got to make enemies. Everyone's got to hate you. They're not going to understand you. You got to put all your time into this. And like, that is definitely how you reach success in like one aspect. Yeah, that's a way to do it. But like how much of the rest of your life is just being put on the sideline? Like it's just being mm-hmm. neglected because of that is what I wonder. Cause yeah. I think the goal for me is just to try to be balanced, yeah. find things that make you happy, do it, find things that are productive. So you're giving back to society and helping people, uh-huh. you know, you need a job. Unfortunately, that's probably the worst part of being a human, you yeah. know, is you have to work. Is the way that we've created our society, mm. I feel like. Yeah. But is it 
can it be good in a sense that you have to like overcome that and you got to put some time just to make money just For so sure. you can pursue other things For will sure. that make you stronger like i was just thinking about the other day uh about you know seeing somebody working at a drive through or working at a you know pizza hut or something like I feel like that's good for you as a foundation more so than going to college and not working for shit and just having fun in the beginning like yeah. that's what life would be if there was no need to work for things you got to sac sacrifice right. is good for people it right. makes you a better person in a way and also I think with the Goggins approach like we're we're generalizing humans you know because mm -hmm. for the example you just gave like there are people that are completely fine with working at papa john's for the rest of their life as long yeah. as they have a home to go back to some netflix to watch a dog to walk a girlfriend boyfriend maybe they're fine but other people you know are stuck in that position they didn't take advantage of opportunities they didn't hustle hard enough they didn't try no work ethic whatever and they're stuck there and they hate it yeah so like it's I don't know, man. It's all perspective. It's yeah. all what you started out with. Exactly. Like I think about a lot when I when I get down on myself and I'm like, oh, I'm not shit. Look at me. I'm not doing like I'm not making a ton of money. I'm unsuccessful compared to what I, what the degree I got and stuff. Uh, but I try to like, what if I, you know, what if I had just gotten out of rehab or something? Or what if I was start like I try to put myself mentally and not that those people, but like, it's all. You know, if if it if if I was raised without any money and I was grew up dirt poor or something, or I w I'm a recovering alcoholic or something, people would be happy. They would be ecstatic that I'm just even alive yeah. or that I'm doing something well. You referenced um, recovering alcoholic and rehab. Yeah. Are you trying? Is this? Are you signaling something? Are you good? Oh yeah, I never <laughs> had a problem with any of that. Just making sure, man. Just making. <laughs> no, sure. but that's you what I'm saying. Signs, so so. Can no, I no, tell no. you something? What? Because the sun's coming out. Yeah. There's a possibility I'm going to get very, very red. Yeah. Don't do you get have, frightened. Oh, do you I have got sunscreen, sunscreen on, dude. Oh, okay. I'm a pro here. Just don't get frightened. Don't stop the podcast for any reason. <laughs> Even if it looks like I'm, I'm about to fall out, let me fall out. That's great content. Did you get fried in the military? Sunburned? Yeah. I did I, on, on, a, on, a, on a partly cloudy 75 and sunny day with a low um, UV index. I'm getting, I'm getting wrecked. Yeah. It's just, you know, and, but the thing is, if, you, if I weather through the summer... A nice base cocoa bronze is waiting for me at the end. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's what I tell people. Dude. Come October, dude, I'm gonna be looking summer ready, <laughs> and that's just the way it is. That's what I've come to accept. Yeah. Do you get like a nice olive? You look like you. Yeah, I can get. Are you one of them Italians? No, I'm not. An, I'm not Italian. Okay. But um, I do. You, people keep asking me if I'm Italian. Well, you have a nice, <clears throat> you have a nice complexion. You know? Thank you. I think it's... Uh, also, I could see you just taking down some ZD right now, too. Also. <laughs> dude, I could take down some ZD. Yeah. Would it, would Maybe uh, I got to bring that on the... I got to bring a food element to this. Like dude, canoe and ZD. If I'm ever welcomed back, I'll bring a nice lasagna or something and we'll share it. Yeah. Canoodle, so, canoodling. Canoodling. And we have some kind of noodles or podcast... Uh, just making sure <clears throat> that you didn't say that too loud so no one stole that idea because that's genius. Yeah. Canoodling. Dude, you know, I was scared of that with this podcast for a while that someone oh, was we gotta open eyes it before here, yeah. I yeah. did it. But who who cares? I think it's nice because uh, <clears throat> I, f I find nature to be very influencing. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, this is a peaceful conversation. If we were inside, maybe a dark room, the AC was blasting too hard, perhaps I'd be a little more aggressive. Oh, it'd get dark quick. You know? It'd get dark quick. 
but I don't here, think it would last long. I'd probably here, I just want to talk about like theories of life and yeah. animals. Do you ever? I find. Do you ever get inspired by animals? Oh yeah, yeah, dude. I got this squirrel who lives. Uh, oh, wow. On my house, okay, or near near my where I live. He he's he's local. Yeah, I mean, at first I was just like, oh, this is a chilling squirrel, but now like every day, it's so it's so cool. He he like lays out on this wall right by my house, like full spread, like. Oh. It, I'll like and if you see him from behind you can see his little nuts yeah from behind yeah i'll but, tell you right now yeah. that's an elder squirrel <laughs> because he's earned that you know he's earned the, like every other squirrel's hustling for that nut yeah. man i actually i have a little <laughs> bit on youtube about squirrels how i just think they're underappreciated like the you ever see a squirrel jump from one tree to another with like a 60 foot free fall oh it's awesome just to harvest an egg corn that he doesn't even know is there mm. i mean that's that's courage and we're not that pushing that out to the too. youth you know we're just not we're we're, we're where yeah. I feel like there's too much of an academic focus mm. when I feel like so many kids would learn a lot from a camping trip. Do squirrels get credit for inventing parkour? I feel like they invented parkour. You're really onto something there. That's fucking genius. I think parkour isn't for like rural environments though. Not that this yeah. is rural, but like I feel like parkour is like the squirrels in the streets of like New York. Oh yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like up yeah, fire escapes guys. and <clears throat> probably entering people's houses and I don't know, man. Would you ever live in New York City? New York City. <clears throat> I would. I mean, ah. What's the caveat? It's getting more and more unappe yeah. unappealing to me yeah. as time goes on. Do you think that's COVID stuff? COVID stuff is definitely part of it. And uh, the, the older I get, the more... It's funny because when I was a kid, I was like, why do I live in Santa Cruz? Like, I was like mad at my parents. Why do you live out here? There's no shit. Live in the city where stuff is happening. Dude. And the older I get, I'm like... Uh, it's I funny it. you say that because... Yeah. So we're from the same place. Yeah. And we found that out after we met each other, mm -hmm. both from Valencia. It's beautiful. And um, growing up there, I feel like everybody was so eager to get out because yeah. it's like, I don't want to live here where... Dude, we had an amusement park. We're 25 minutes from the beach. Yeah. We're 25 minutes from Dodger Stadium. As the crow <laughs> flies, it's like 15 minutes from downtown LA. And outside yeah. of all that hustle and bustle, we're in this little cove, this little Paradise Valley, yeah. where, dude, I went back recently, and uh, me and my buddy just rode our penny boards through the Paseos, which I'm sure no one knows what that is. The Pase How would you describe the Paseos? It's just a bike path just around town. walkways, right? Yeah. And we just drove, and I realized, like, dude, if I was in Austin right now, at this hour, I would have people coming up to me asking me for money. Mm. There'd be just a bunch of, like, there'd be so many people out in the streets. You'd have to mm. watch your back. We're in Valencia. There's none of that riffraff. Yeah. And you just realize, like, your parents really, like, we moved, so I was born in Connecticut. Okay. And we moved to California in 99 when I was, like, four or five. Yeah. Because my dad got, like, I don't know if it was a promotion or a job offer in L.A., but, like, thank God we didn't live in, like, L.A., you know? Mm. Like, they thought about Valencia. Like, we can keep the kids away from all this stuff. They can grow yeah. up in this safe little haven. It's, it's hindsight, just really, like you said. I mean, yeah. it's such a good place to grow up, man. I don't know. I got a nice little droplet of sweat creeping down the calf. Do you want to try to get in some shade or we, something? We can, dude. I'm kind of I'm kind of like it. It's up to you. Like, again, you're the captain. You you're kind of liking what? Kind of liking the sun. Oh, you like it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like no, I didn't need to say that, looking oh, back okay. on it. I shouldn't have said that. No, 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 I've no, made you, Look, I've made you uncomfortable. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> you haven't, dude. No, I'm, I'm kind of heating up out here, too. There, it was a little cloudy earlier. That was nice. But. Dude, you, met, you, you point out a move, and I'll execute. Okay. All right? Yeah, you're uh, 
I mean, you you're the best co-captain I've had so far. I take it. I almost brought a, a chart. I almost printed out a chart of these waterways. <laughs> I figured you were. I didn't want to insult you. I figure you're experienced and you know what you're doing out here. No, I do not. Have you thought of? I think the canoe is very sophisticated because I bet somebody's attempted a paddleboard podcast and it went horribly wrong. Oh yeah. You know, imagine both of us on a, on a. Would you be in the front or the back? You think? Of the paddleboard? Yeah. So do you think we're going the same way together? We're on the paddleboard. One paddleboard. Yeah. Um. I think for weight distribution purposes, you might have to be in the front. And I yeah. Mean, I mean, no insult by that. No, it's just no, no. I'm, a, I'm a dense guy. Yeah. You know? You're uh used to be bigger, right? I Fat is the word. Fat. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've come a long yeah. way. Uh, uh, and I credit depression. Like, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. For no. losing weight. Yeah. Depression can go either way. You can gain or Dude, lose the weight. Is I, that right? I, uh, I'm, I'm not depressed. Okay. <laughs> but, but I will We're tell you. We're all a little bit, right? Maybe. It's there. Yeah. The option to be... Per- Depressed is there for everybody. Everyone has different, uh, I feel like, definitions of what depression is. Yeah, I mean, there's a clinical depression, and then there's, um, I don't want to get a good, hard-working job because it seems like too much type of depression. And yeah, I, I, and have, I don't mean I have that one. The only reason why I say that is because <clears throat> I feel like, and I totally believe in like the mental uh, health stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I do believe that we're entering a space where it's becoming like almost like a cop out. And I feel like that's not a popular opinion, mm. but it's just what like has it developed more over time or has it always been there and, and we're just becoming more sensitive? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think naturally as anything in life becomes more accepted, there's going to be people who take the opportunity into that and see it as an advantage or they see it as something that they want to fit into. You, you know? think that's how like racism started? Like one dude dropped an N-bomb and he was kind of waiting to see how like the crowd was going to react. And they're all like, yeah, you're right. And they just kind of rallied behind him. And they're like, you know what would be even cooler? <laughs> is if we put sheets over ourselves and wore masks and said this. And then it started a revolution. And then they got out of control with it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to think right now. Do you think racism is a natural uh, inherent feeling that people have to get over? Because no. I hear about like... I don't think so. No, you think you think I think you're it's tired. Yeah. But but what about like not even the racism of it, but like uh, yeah, maybe the hatred. That's the but because there is some sort of acknowledgement of like that's something different. And do you naturally hate something different, or you're curious about it, or what happens? What do animals do when they come across? I was just about, I was just about to say that. Yeah, I have a dog, black lab. <clears throat> He knows it. He knows the color of his fur, and we uh, we lift him up. You know, we yeah. let him know it's okay that he's a black lab, and he interacts with other dogs just fine. Yeah. Doesn't care the color of their skin. He's not off just playing with the black labs. He's playing with the yellow labs too. That's right. I do know, and I recognize there's a little bit of a difference between the human brain and the dog <laughs> brain. I'm jealous of the dog brain. Yeah. You know, just simplistic bliss, man. It's yeah. kind of what we're all chasing. Yeah. Where you can wake up one morning, not be stressed, not have to worry about everything that's due. Not have to worry about your deadlines, your bills, none of that stuff. You just wake up, come out to the river, you know, record a little podcast, go home, maybe eat some applesauce, whatever you do. Yeah. And uh, go on with your day. But it's just not like that yet. Um, not to, and we don't have to talk about this if you want, but did did you uh, feel any of that when you were in the military of you just, you didn't have so much, of, like you knew what to do. Was there some comfort in that? Um, we don't have to talk about it. If no, you don't we want. can talk. I, yeah, we can totally talk about yeah. it. 
Uh, I'm just going we'll, to restate the question. Well, you were telling me about, you were saying how your dog, you know, is just kind of not thinking about bills and not thinking about all this craziness in life. And I would imagine in the military, is there's is some of that structure nice that you don't have to. Absolutely. You're not thinking about, yeah. you know, the biggest random shit. shock from getting out of the military, from being in it, is that now no one tells me where I have to be, when I have to be there. No one tells me what I have to do, how I like, you know, what uniform I have to wear, where we're going. No one's telling me that anymore. So like that was great. That was great. Now that does kind of like hinder it makes a bit of a hindrance for when you transfer back into the civilian sector but because it's not real life it's not it's not that's another that see and i was talking about that earlier with college military has a bit of that too you just have the risk of getting shot at you know Mm. but yeah getting shot is real life that's real that's real life (laughs) that's real that's real life i mean there's no uh there's no takesy backsies (laughs) when you pull that trigger you know yeah (laughs) dude it is really steaming up yeah is that what you're, are you, are you seeking uh, refuge? Yeah, I was spinning you around to get it on your back. Let, let's, uh, I can, I let's see if we can go over towards that wall and check it out. Because I'm also worried, I've had before, this only happened once, and it was like at the start of summer, these cameras like overheated and shut off. And this is starting to feel like, uh. By the way, that dude that you had on two episodes, Guy Brown. Yeah. Riot. <laughs> Absolute riot, that guy, dude. I, he's such a. Uh, I told him this. I saw him after I listened to the episode. I saw him and I said, dude, you didn't need to tell us that you're from Wisconsin. (laughs) The most Wisconsin guy. I mean, if you just close your eyes and think of a Green Bay Packers fan, it's guy. Yeah. You know? Well, it's funny. Yeah. That the, he does the joke that he looks like Aaron Rodgers or whatever. He does. And it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But, but Aaron Rodgers isn't from... And he was just, like, ripping a claw, too. I like yeah. that. That was, that was a nice aspect. He ripped two of those. He ripped two claws. Two uh, tall boy claws. And he claws. was just yelling at people to to unravel their tops. Yeah, I, did, I even clipped some of it out. It was nonstop. Really? Did he but get the, anybody? No. That's too bad. That's too, you would think in a city like Austin there'd be some, some people that'd be down. I think coming from the canoe to, like, a real, you know, wakeboarding boat, it's like... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to get that respect. Yeah. Now, if you rode up on someone on a jet ski and said, you know, yeah. let's see something, I get. I bet you can get something there. But a canoe, I mean. Yeah. Well, uh, here in Austin, people like to show their tits. You see Dude, topless people. Uh, I've seen zero. Oh, you've seen zero. I mean, out in the streets, I've seen zero. Oh, go to Barton Springs. Have you been there? No, I hear about this place. If you go to Barton Springs, you'll usually, I mean, you'll see a... Is it like a nude pool? A couple titties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see two or three at least. Dude, I'm all for it, man. <laughs> I would never, I would never shame someone for showing me their titties. No, me neither. It's the it's the most ridiculous thing to have. Uh, you and I could go shirtless right now. No one would bat. It's eye. still it's not fair, dude. That it is the stone age of thinking that girls can't have their nipples out. I don't because understand it. There potentially could be some milk behind there. Is that the reason? You think it's because of the milk, huh? The lactate. <laughs> That's the only difference I see. What's the? Yeah. It's not a. Uh, because you know, and I and look. I'm trying to figure it out. I meant to say this earlier, and it's going to parlay nicely into what I'm about to say. The best, you, you brought up how I used to be a fat piece of shit, and thank you for that. <laughs> and uh, the best method, body shaming. When you have boys really? in your corner that are letting you know that a little too much side boob is showing, <laughs> that'll keep you up at night, you know? And I feel like we're in an era where that's not okay anymore. I've been fine. Let yeah. everybody get diabetes. What I'm getting at here is how come a guy who is like grossly obese can take off his shirt 
mm. and is a bigger cup than most ladies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just showing that to the world. It's not fair. And the milk thing, I, now that I'm thinking about it, is not even completely true because I, you know, I've had a little lactation a little in my, in no my day. Yeah. Everybody has a little bit. No. You can lactate a little. I've had zero lactation. Oh, really? I don't know. Well, how do you find out? Just squeeze your nipple, try to get a little bit of... And you, some, some, some liquid came out. You'll get a little bit of white, like some droplets. How hot, real, this is nice, by the way. Yeah. This I'm, is nice the only move. thing I'm worried about is the... Uh, cypress? Little buggers? No, the, the tree, the, the birds. Is it going to... Oh, a lot of chirping. But I think it's nice. I think they're encouraging us, is the vibe I was getting. Yeah. I'm just hoping when someone listens back to the audio... That it's, it just doesn't sound like nonstop chirping. But we're closer to the mic, so. What made you get into stand-up? Oh, man. Dude, these are the questions I should be asking you. You're, you're a great guest because you're just uh, you're spinning it on me. I'm just, I'm just so happy to be here, man. Uh, I'm happy to be here, too, dude. What made me get into stand-up? But that's the thing. We don't know enough about the host. You're always asking the questions, man. Yeah. Sometimes we got to change it up. But but if you ask me, I want to leave time to, to get I, it back to you. Bro, I got to know what Because be. sometimes I answer the question. I'm like, I'm going to ask him. And then we, you hit me with another one. And I'm like, wait. Okay. okay. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, what made me get into stand-up? You know, it was something I uh, always thought of. I always liked stand-up. I liked those late night talk shows growing up and stuff. Kind of dumb now, but when we were Oh kids, yeah, cool. now I look at them and they make me want to vomit. Yeah. But not- when I was a kid, it was cool because you didn't see stuff like that. All there was no YouTube to I can't handle this. What? Oh, just I thought I could handle the light, couldn't. Oh, is it really? Bright? No, it's not. It's not. I've just been wearing the no, continue. I'm I sorry. thought it was the eye contact. No, 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 I love that. Uh, I'm doing it now. <laughs> but go on. But I was always like, that's not my thing. I don't think I could do that. And I always thought you had to pick, like, one thing in life that you wanted to do, you know? Right. Like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm not going to pick that. I was always into, like, music, and I was into art and things like that. Um, But then, like, towards the end of college, I started listening to podcasts a lot, like Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Joe Rogan and branching off from that was turned on to other comedians like Theo Vaughn and... Eric Griffin and Bobby Lee and stuff. And then uh, I was like, I want to do this. Like, I want to do the podcast part. I, like, I just loved listening to these long conversations and stuff. But I was like, nobody's just going to listen to me. But then, and well, so that's part of it. Because I think the, the want to do this came before the stand-up. Okay. But then stand-up, I was like, oh, I should just try it. And then the more I started to listen to podcasts and hearing about how it just seems like such a cool world. And then uh, I think going to the comedy store and seeing... It's right in our actual, backyard, too. Right. Yeah. And I had never even known about it growing up, and I'm pissed that I never went earlier. Oh, I, I missed it. I just wasn't into comedy back then. Yeah, me neither. Never went. Never and then went. so, but when I was like 22, towards the end of college, I went and uh, went to the comedy store and saw, you know all these professionals doing their 15 minutes and I was just in awe. I was like, this is the coolest. I've never laughed this hard. Right. You know, at a movie or at anything as in person. And so I was like, I got to try this. And then, so from then on, it's been in my mind and, uh, yeah, I was just like, Oh, like, and I was like, I can do these other things too. I could do music and art and, you know, being inspired by like people who've done multiple things like, uh, uh donald glover oh dude you know that's like an american gem right simba 
Yeah. He's Simba. Or uh, Tyler, the creator, who had some like, you know, comedy and TV shows and stuff. And Little and Joe cool. Rogan, who does multi, he's multifaceted and he's got his, you know, uh, MMA stuff. And then he does podcasting and stand up like fear factor too yeah yeah i was realizing that it almost makes that you more uh attractive to have different things and be this complete than just oh i only care about jack of all trades master yeah. of none sort of thing yeah i feel that i see like podcasting is a huge gateway to not necessarily get involved with comedy but just to become a fan yeah especially i mean it's tough to find a human being that doesn't listen to Joe Rogan these days, you mm. know? And all the guys you just named, I kind of discovered through Rogan. Like, right. Eric Griffin, I knew he was Montez from the Workaholics. I didn't know he was a stand-up. Yeah. Like, all that other stuff that they do that we know them from is just complimentary to what they actually do, which is stand-up right. comedy. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, he's one of my favorites. He's so good. He's um, so good. And, but, uh, uh... Theo Vaughn, too, found out from him. I mean, Theo Vaughn yeah. was on... We good? I think this yeah. is Theo Vaughn was in uh, like like MTV Real World stuff like 20 years ago. Yeah, Road Rules. Yeah. So, and then to to break fame 20 years after that, like in his 40s or his late 30s, you know, it also yeah. paints a picture of like the hustle, which is what I'm learning from from doing it now. Oh right? yeah. It's, I never thought it was gonna be easy, uh -huh. but I'm realizing the level of difficulty now. Yeah. Um, just to. Same. We're open micers, mm -hmm. and you know, you, like the way you learn if a joke is good or not is to make another room full of open micers laugh, which we've both learned isn't the easiest thing to do. No, you know, it's one thing, and I'm not saying it's easy to go on tour and make people laugh. Like, yeah, to get there is extremely difficult. But like, you're not performing for people who came here to laugh. Yeah, you're performing for people who came here to do what you're doing. And while you're up there, they're looking at their notes, they're thinking about what they're right. gonna say. So just to get past that phase of it yeah. is already tough. And then that's when you really got to bring it. Once you start to get some eyes on you, and I don't mean eyes like Joe Rogan eyes and Burt Kreischer eyes. I mean, like, you're doing local shows and stuff like that. Yeah. You really got to up it. And when you're a kid, who was the first comedian that you remember not going to see, but, like, hearing their stuff or seeing a special? I have a feeling we have the same answer generationally. Dane Cook? Yeah. 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 That the Kool Aid joke, the B and E, BK Lounge, the yeah. bees, like we all heard that. It was YouTube clips. I didn't even see the whole specials. There was like these shitty animations of like yeah. BK Lounge, like just mm -hmm. drawings or whatever that somebody put to his. Comedy. I had the clips on like iTunes. Oh, okay. And that's kids don't know the struggle today of yeah. having to get an iTunes gift card, ninety nine cents a song. Yeah. Going and dude, what a joy <laughs> that was. You know, you and your siblings, like, all right, man. $15, it's approximately 14 songs. Yeah. Let's hash this out. Let's deal them out evenly. <laughs> you know, we'll throw a couple Keshas in there. Yeah. You know, throw a couple fitties. <laughs> diversify the portfolio. Like, do you, yeah. remember, do you remember what your iPod looked like as far as music-wise when you were in, like, junior high, like the kind of music you were listening to? Oh, terrible. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. But uh, don't you think you kind of appreciated those things more? Like you appreciated just music in general, hundred percent. Because you would you wouldn't cycle through it so fast because you you had this you know your whatever hundred songs on your iPod right. and you just keep going through them and it was every day. Yeah. And that's also you knew like, them by heart. Um, social media back then was completely centered around music. Like MySpace, like mm. the biggest thing about MySpace was what song is going to be on your page when people come to visit. Yeah, you know, like all that was around music. Um, 
podcasts weren't a thing. Mm-mm. Gaming. I mean, I guess there was Game Boys, right? Right. But I don't think. I think the i the iPod in a sense replaced that. Yeah. You know. So what was it for you getting into stand up? How how did that come about for you? Um, much like you. I mean, I maybe two thousand. I was stationed in Japan and I started getting into podcasts, but I was getting into like, I was really into barstool sports right? and I was listening to all those podcasts, part of my take, part of my take a big one. And then they used to, they had a deal with Sirius. So they were on Sirius radio and they would like clip up the best of Sirius and put it in like an hour and a half podcast. I would okay. listen to that. And then the next step was Rogan. Huh. So I started listening to Rogan. And then I found out about all these comedians, found out that they all have podcasts, started listening to that. And when you listen to a comedian's podcast, you're naturally inclined to go check out their stand-up. Mm. And I was like, wow, like, you know, this is awesome. My last deployment that I did in the military, uh, 2019 to 2000, it was August 2019 to April of 2020. Uh-huh. And I started listening. I was completely consumed by Rogan, Ari Shafir, Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura, all those guys. And, you know, there were some nights that got a little dice. We were in Dubai, not like Afghanistan or anything. But there was just some dicey nights with like, you know, that's when Syria was like flinging missiles over. And uh-huh. so I was over there for all that. And like, I remember telling myself, like, I'm going to make it back. But just to be cool, let me throw the if in there. If I make it back, I want to try this because I was so addicted to the lifestyle. Like listening to these guys talk about going on the road and performing in a bar for like 10 people probably sucked at the time. But them telling the story now, like it makes it cool. It builds appreciation. And you got to go to so many different places. Like I remember Burr talking about his international tours and all this stuff. You get to see all these people. You talk to people. And you're not just – how many times have you seen a Brad Pitt movie where Brad Pitt comes after after the movie and introduces himself to everyone and talks to everyone and takes pictures. Never. Mm-hmm. These aren't real celebrities. These are real people that are incredibly funny, have built a fan base, and still remain. They haven't right. changed, for the most part. Right. I'm sure there are some that have, and you know we know of some that have. Yeah. But you get to go to these comedy shows, and then you know, Chris D'Elia is signing autographs and introduce. Maybe that was a bad example. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we'll go with somebody else, yeah. anybody. And uh, that part of it just seems so cool to me because I love talking to people. I love going to different places. And uh, I think it all kind of started with, you know, anyone who's into comedy, you were probably making your friends laugh. You know, yeah. you probably had someone say, like, you should be a stand up. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. Rogan always talks about that's how he started. Yeah. And uh, I was the guy like in the military during stressful times who could just, would just find a laugh. That's if I could awesome. just make one guy laugh while we're getting yelled at on the on the on the range, like. It's going to make it all worth it. And yeah. I got back April of 2020, which we all know as, you know, Armageddon. Mm. So I come back to America. People are now wearing masks, socially distanced. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. Restaurants are closed. Comedy clubs are closed. So I'm like, okay, well, this isn't going to happen because we're in a pandemic now. But luckily, with all the downtime, I was still in the military. But with all the downtime from the pandemic, I decided to, like, stay motivated and just write. Mm. Started writing a lot of jokes, started performing in the mirror, telling myself, like, once this is open, you're going to do it. Went to Arizona after that. I was on a wildland firefighting crew, like this veteran crew, where we would just go out and uh, chainsaw. Um, we would cut down trees for, like, fire suppression. And then I was like, it's a seasonal job, so I couldn't work till next summer. 
and I'm just trying to figure out what I want to do next. And I'm like, well, Austin's popping off right now. Mm-hmm. If I want to do anything with comedy, it kind of seems like the place to go. I don't want to go to New York City. I don't know if I want to be back in L.A. Mm-hmm. Austin is open. There's comedy. Came here, did one mic, and then the rest is kind of history. Like I just, I'm just kind of all about it right now. What was so, the first mic you did here? Uh, you hosted it. Oh, really? Yeah. You hosted it at the Romo Room. That's crazy. It was my very first mic. You, because uh, you... Uh, I feel like I've had natural stage presence and I guess you were writing jokes for a while, but you, uh, well, to be fair, all the stuff that I wrote when I finally came here, I'm like, this isn't going to work because yeah. you don't realize what's going to work and what's not going to work until you do it. Yeah. Stand up is so weird because it's the only thing that you can have a professional future in that the only way to do it is to do it. Yeah. Like if you want to be an athlete, there's practice, oh, yeah. weight training, all that stuff. You practice all week and then you play your game. Yeah. If you want to be a lawyer, you go to school, you study, you practice, you get an intern. Comedy, there's none of that. Yeah. The only way to do it is to get on stage and talk into a Yeah, mic. you have to. So everything I wrote kind of went out the window. Right, it's all right, brand right. new stuff now. But yeah. Um, So yeah, that, that was discrediting you. You But when you first went up, and every time I've seen you since, it's like uh, you got you got a natural knack for it. Thanks, man. I really believe that. I Just in uh, your stage presence. and and uh, I'm glad to hear that because I feel really weird when I'm on stage. Oh, really? I'm not sure. I wonder if that goes away. Like, I, I don't know. I see Theo Vaughn, I think, yeah. maybe said this, or I've seen it in him. He was talking about when he started doing comedy, it was like, not a chore, but like, all right, I'm going on stage to perform for these people. I need to make them laugh. Yeah. The more he did it, he was like, now it feels like I'm just on stage talking to my friends. Uh-huh. You know, it doesn't feel like a performance. It is, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. And I think that's when you start to become really good. Yeah. You know? Well, I've sensed that in like, if I've done like, been able to do longer sets... Like I can get to, it's hard to in like four or five minutes to get to that. It but is. if you're up there for, you know, 10 towards 15 minutes, you can get more comfortable and less. Especially because um, any good like hour starts with establishing trust. Yeah. Like, I got to let these guys know quick that I'm funny. Yeah. Okay. What I'm going to say, they're jokes. They're meant for you to laugh. Yeah. You don't have time to do that in four minutes. Mm-hmm. You got to come out firing. and. Yeah. You got to find like a, I think for me, I have to find like, when I first started, every open mic felt like a performance. Like uh, I have to come here and make these people laugh. Yeah. That's not what, that's not what it's for. Yeah. It's for like, it's a constructive thing. Like, right. all right, we got to find out what's working. We got to try new things. And yeah. I'm also finding who I am as a standup, mm-hmm. um, which I'm still, I mean, I'm two months into it, so I'm yeah. still really new, but. That's how I'm gauging it right now. And I, I, I think it's important not to overthink that stuff, but just yeah. remain conscious of it. Yeah. But, I mean, dude, uh, two months, of, like, it's surprising to me from seeing your stand-up and seeing... Uh, I mean, it's a lot, man. Thank you. You know, Seriously. I think about that, too. Like, do people know that I'm nervous? And a lot of times, no. no. People, people don't see... Yeah. People aren't even paying attention as much as you are. And they're usually You're, drunk, which is good yeah. about this line of work. Or there are other comics who are worried about their own that's, set or that's whatever. the other thing when you walk into a room with all comics yeah even though that's the hardest room it's way easier to let go of that because it's like dude we're all like what are they gonna think i'm a i'm a dummy for being up here telling jokes when they're about to do it yeah you know like there's no reason to let go of that because i think that's something that like you just gotta how do i want to phrase this you got to be comfortable with knowing that this is what you're doing now yeah you know yeah, I'm gonna tell jokes. I'm I'm gonna be a comic. Like, right. You have a you have a great cadence. Thank Your, you. Your like pitch and cadence is 
I've realized that I've seen people get on stage and say something funny, but because of how flat and boring and like poor their delivery was, they've just lost everybody already and no mm. one's listening anymore. And like they're saying funny stuff, but it's like, dude, you gotta, there's gotta be some sort of delivery. Yeah. And I think you're, I, like, I think your jokes are just as funny as the way you say them to me. You have a really oh, good, thank you. a really good, I, I think you have a really good stage presence. Yeah. Thank you. Cause I, I, yeah, I'm definitely insecure about that. And I need to, I actually feel like I used to be, have a better stage presence and was better at telling my jokes and cadence and stuff. And I've regressed in some sense. I think psychoanalyzing that stuff can be dangerous. Yeah. It's to, to, to preach, but I'm not practicing, but like yeah. that, if you're in, too in your head while you're on stage of how you look and what mm. you're doing, you're taking away from the content, which is supposed the content of your jokes, which mm -hmm. is supposed to come first, I think. Yeah. So I don't know, man, maybe we don't even have it figured out, you know? Oh, we so don't, you know, we maybe so all don't it takes is just ripping out. your shirt off. <laughs> Although, do yeah. you like Burt Kreischer? Do I like him? Yeah. I have never really seen his stand-up. Oh, I've seen some great. clips. I think he's brilliant. But I love, love him on podcasts. Yeah. I'd love to see him live. That's what's cool about these podcasts is like, there's so many, and Burt Kreischer's not one of these, but there's so many comedians that I think are funnier in conversation. Oh, yeah. And then I'll see their specials and be like, good, but if, like, I, like your podcast probably has more views. Right. You know? And that's, dude, that's why... It's like podcasts are just letting people in, mm -hmm. you know, and just you get to see these guys how they actually are, and it can be motivating because it's like, dude, yeah, they're like, they're excellent comedians, they're great storytellers, great jokes, but they're just dudes that like getting together with their friends and drinking Bud Lights and yeah. watching football. You know, they're normal people that like. There's no external recipe to it. They just worked hard and they have and they're funny. Yeah, you know, and that's what. Uh that's what makes people a fan of someone is not just what you do. Like, I mean, it's a gift and a curse in a way, but like people want to know as much as they can about you, um, in all forms of celebrity nowadays, you know, like the, you know, musicians that you're a fan of or your TikTokers that you like, or your influencers or whatever. It's mm -hmm. like posting all the time. They want to know the real you. And it, a lot of times it's probably not the real you, but yeah. they want to feel like they are. That's what, uh, social media is man like the exact opposite of the real you mm. is what you it's just a, it, like social media instagram yeah is just a flex app yeah how many people post a picture of them on instagram crying alone at night because they feel lonely and and no one answered their call right. zero well it, maybe there's some a, people do but then it's see even if you go that way it's like what are you posting this for you just yeah. want attention, attention. Or? right so it's yeah right because i've seen I, people i will validate a lot of people say a lot of like young couples will say this is a way for my family to see pictures of my child stuff like that yeah sure what happened to the mail just send them a picture you know yeah just send them a picture that's way more personal i feel like yeah but uh i'm sending a letter is also a daunting task so yeah dude another cool thing about uh like stand-up comedy is that you know, when you're comparing this to Brad Pitt, you don't you don't fucking know anything about Brad Pitt. You know what his director, I mean his writers wrote on the script and then he performed. Right. These are howdy. How's it going? Uh these are the you don't know anything about them. At least stand up comedians, they're the writer, actor, director, mm -hmm. producer, performer. Yeah. They what, did all that for this art form and get up there and that's what they cool. say is what they wrote. Yeah, you know, that's what I love. 
you, we don't. I'm trying to think if there's a, if there's like an actor like that that is just open. Maybe Chet Hanks. <laughs> He's a rapper, man. Well, he was in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Was he really? He had a reoccurring role. Uh, yeah, he was like a Marine with like mad PTSD. <laughs> was, did you, you watch that show? Uh, I've seen some, but not enough. Okay. I don't see anything enough. No. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't have cable. All right. Yeah, we like, why? Me neither, I guess. I feel like if you have cable, it's time for you to get with the times. Yeah, I don't have cable. You know? I don't know why I said I guess. I know I don't yeah. have cable. I mean, yeah, that was, a, that was a crazy thing to not know. Well, it, it's kind of weird because I just have internet, but I like, I, I have this like half cable thing like on my TV. I don't know. I have like a smart TV. And so there's like some channels, but they're all like bullshit. Yeah. Like they keep, I'm surprised they keep dropping new. Have you heard of Peacock? Oh, it's sad. Yeah. What are we doing? It's like crick, cricket wireless, you know? Yeah. But nice try. Also, you're, I mean, I know, I know, I know. Well, you got to panic because nobody's watching NBC, you know, late night TV or whatever. I call, what year were you born? 97. Okay. I call our era. I was born in 94. Uh-huh. The transitional era. Yeah. We were there when there was no cell phones mm-hmm. or no smartphones. Yeah. Dial up all that stuff. AOL. Yeah. The classics. But now... Uh, what the hell were we talking about? That escape. That <laughs> thought we're talking about peacock. peacock. Dude, that's the one thing about the. the now I'm getting us more. Yeah, there's there's uh, pros and cons. Part of me is like, if we were in a room, we could really lock into conversation. Lock in. But yeah. here, there's so much distraction. Yeah, especially I'm, on the weekend. It's like. Oh, I, I know what I was gonna say. On. We watched Blockbuster turn into Redbox, turn into Netflix in the mail, turn into Netflix an app turn into eight different streaming services yeah that all happened dude going to blockbuster was the dopest thing in the world it had that smell to it like like of like hard candied bubble gum you know Mm. and uh which i've chipped a tooth on before you got to be careful but your mom's like five minutes set you loose like a wild dog you know and then you just (laughs) run around for, for me my brothers would always go to like the R-rated section. Right. See if we can get a little nip slip, pass it through mom. Like, you know, maybe she'll miss it. She always looked at the rating, though. So we had to go PG-13 and below. Uh-huh. Um, I've never used a red box. Yeah. I think that's a secondhand citizen thing to do. I'll say it. I remember the in-betweener time. I, I think I, I might have had a red box once or twice. But it still exists. That's what's crazy. People still, you still see the red boxes. You do. I've actually, uh, a fellow that I worked with in Arizona, I, uh, we we pulled into a Circle K to get some coffee, and he yeah. sprinted out of the car to return his DVD to the Red Box. And I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. What do you feel? <laughs> what do you feel about society? Society. Society, man. Dude, I feel like uh, sometimes, sometimes I feel like as we head into the future, it's interesting that uh, we make people worse, and I think society. Wow. I think. Um, society and maybe i'm not answering your question correctly but i think society it was a very vague question to yes you, to your defense but go to, ahead uh society's becoming uh uh i think there's some negative there's definitely positives but i think there's some negatives to to the interconnectedness of the world let's go over positives positives are dude if you're the only uh if you live in uh nebraska 
and you're the only kid who is into anime or is goth at your school, you can find somebody online who lives in Japan or whatever who's into, and you can connect with these people in an online fashion and and not feel as alone in the world. Okay. That's pretty cool. You can uh, talk to your grandma who lives in Colombia who you never get to see over. Is this, is this society or technological advances? This is technological advances. Okay. I mean, also important. What is society? Though. Can we so, start with that? Yeah. So I think I'm a little confused. <laughs> the structure of society I've over like the last 10 years really developed an issue with that the way we're structured is you make kids from yeah. the beginning go oh, to yeah. school right so kindergarten i would say through yeah. 12th but that's it's kindergarten through senior till till degree which is 12 13 14 15 16 kindergarten preschool 18 years right when it's all said and done that math might not be right i didn't go to college but so it's work. School's work. That's what it is. Yeah. So it's work, work, work. Go to college, more work, just so you can work. Mm-hmm. Work, work, work. Make kids, support them because you're working, and then die. Yeah. That's kind of how it feels sometimes, where I feel like, what's going on? Howdy. Oh, he's got a dog. He's got a dog. Dog cast. Dog. See, that guy's brave. No shirt. It's bold. Oh, yeah. That's bold. We can um, do it. You want to go? You want to go, Bert Kreischer on you? Should we go topless? <laughs> I don't on. like this position for. It. <laughs> if not. I was standing up, I'd look great. But yeah. sitting right now, it's not great. No. Um. So what? The positives that I think are it's like society equals unity. Like everybody does their job. Yeah. I don't want to purchase. If I want to buy something that's only sold in Alaska, I don't want to get a, on a plane and go get it. Mm. Nor do I want to be the guy that's delivering the items to people. So there's someone to do that for me. Mm-hmm. If my car breaks down, I don't want to spend eight hours underneath it working on it. I just want to take it to somewhere. And I do what I'm good at and you do what you're good at and we stay in our lanes. But I just think when you make it such a spec, like when you make it such um, a dilated thing where it's like, that's the recipe to success. I was told if I didn't go to college, I'd be a loser. Really? You know, and I'm, I believe I'm proving that to be non-true. I don't know how people view me. I don't view myself as a loser. I feel like I'm being pretty, pretty, pretty cool, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but the society <laughs> thing, I just feel like. Did you not a loser? As time moves on, needs to expand. Like there needs to be more avenues. There, there can't just be one. It's, yeah. I mean, it's like the fact that there's still one guy. And now this is more so like government. Yeah. But the fact that there's one guy calling all the shots, not a team, yeah. he's got like advisors and stuff, but it's just crazy that it's a popularity contest mm. that determines who's going to be our president. I don't know, man. I think it's time for a little rewrite. I think it's time for a little edit. Yeah, man. You know? Dude, that's what, yeah. I think, um, I think, I think we're figuring that out that, that there's not just one way to do things. And there can't be, too. If everyone, I don't know. Jeez. But so, so when I was talking about the future, I think it's, you know, as as the future has gone on, there should be less and less people that even have to work, right? As I mean, robots begin to be able to do stuff, that's good. That's that's uh, that scares the shit out of me. So, uh, it's just uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, so maybe and maybe I'm going in a completely different direction. I mean, we're but, all over the place, Nico. Just but if you go back in time when people were more self-sufficient and they were growing their own crops, most people, and they could... As time has gone on more, we've relied more on society. Uh, 
for to everything. function. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We don't know how to get food. Uh huh. We don't know how to plan or do stuff, or we don't even know how to get directions around where we live. You know, we rely on so much, and we're just these like, it's like fast forwards, and then we're like the Wally fat people who just have everything done for us, and we don't know how to do anything without great, clicking great. buttons and stuff. I interrupted you. And it's a great reference, though. It's a great reference. Big Pixar guy. Yeah, now I feel you. I mean, so I, um, so I think that um, yeah, as time goes on, we should be getting better as people, but we're we're becoming worse. I think so. I think In so. Some ways, the whole uh, what really what really <clears throat> works for your point here is the cancel the culture thing. Like what what happened where we decided that you have one shot and you don't even know what the lines are. You don't know what's going to offend people, you know? Yeah. Like you can't cancel me right now cause I'm nobody. But like yeah. what I said earlier about maybe mental health issues being like a cop out. Yeah. By the way, I recognize that they're real and I recognize they're serious, but yeah. if you understand what I'm saying, you understand what you're saying. If you don't, I'm sorry, but I'm just saying like anything you say can get you in trouble and you don't know the rules. Yeah. So like that, and that is society. That's the, the larger group of people mm. that have decided, you know, we'll, everyone's just on a tight leash, man. Anyone with yeah. a platform is on such a tight leash. But what you're seeing now is people like Joey Diaz can't cancel him. Mm -hmm. Did you, do you remember what happened with him last summer? Mm -hmm. He um, said some things about an underage girl. He was telling a story. Rogan was laughing. I think Tony Hinchcliffe was there maybe. I don't know. He was laughing. And he said... Um, by the way, this isn't a joke, yeah. is what he said as he was telling it. And then they try to cancel him. Next week comes out with another podcast and says, good try. Yeah. And and guess who listened to that podcast? Many of Americans. Yeah. So I think that's cool. I don't think that you should try to offend people. Right. Um, but I also think that, can everything just be offensive? Can we function if everything's offensive? Because that's not yeah. the real world, man. Like, I think, and it goes back to society, when you teach kids, you're never supposed to be uncomfortable. You're never supposed to hear something that you don't like. You know, yeah. if someone's bothering you with their speech, they should be corrected. You shouldn't adapt. Mm. Is that really, and I guess maybe that's what the real world's becoming, but like the whole time saying hard men create soft times, soft times create hard times, hard times create soft men, and the cycle continues. Yeah. You know, we're in soft times. Yeah. Well, and that's or we're yeah. in, sorry, we're in no, hard times due to soft men, rather. Right. Not the times are that hard. We're on a canoe in a lake. Right now. <laughs> times are pretty good for us, but yeah, it's good to step back and, yeah. and realize how lucky we are, in some ways. But that's what I'm kind of getting at with like the interconnectedness. And maybe you know, back in the day when people lived in smaller towns, I feel like when you know people better, you don't have as much of that. You know, when you're not just able to just tweet out to some person you've never met and just be like, at whoever you suck, how dare you? It's just too easy to be outraged and it's too easy to act instantly. You know, back before this, you, you had to really think about, okay, what am I going to say to my neighbor who, uh, you know, his wolf ate my chickens or whatever happened. And even, yeah. even much after that, if someone, if you're a father and someone bullies your kid, yeah, you go to that dude's house, you knock on the door and you talk to the dad and they hash it out. Yeah. That's how it worked back then. And, yeah. and now... If that happens, you go to the internet, you tell everybody that the that these people are raising a kid to do this. Dox let's this cancel them. Yeah. Dox them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they get kicked out of school. All that stuff. Like that's the that's the manly thing to do today. Right. And we saw it like 
What do you think about the Pendang stuff? Oh, yeah. Am I saying his name right? uh, Pendang, right? I actually heard from a comedian who's in the Dallas community said uh, that it's actually pronounced like Pong Dang or something like that. Okay. Pong Dang. Pong Dang. So, but everyone here calls him Pang Dang just because I guess that's how it looks and because it probably sounds funnier. Yeah. Into not whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll preface it for those who don't know. He he's the guy who outed Tony Hinchcliffe. Tony Hinchcliffe had a set where he was making fun of Asians during the stop Asian hate thing. Uh-huh. He took the clip, put it online, and attempt to cancel Tony Hinchcliffe. This yeah. was the guy who Tony Hinchcliffe gave multiple opportunities to. Mm. He was opening for Tony Hinchcliffe. He was on the right track. He's doing great in the comedy game. A lot of that goes to Tony, and then he tried to out him for being racist or whatever, yeah. and it backfired. Uh, meaning right. that it was discovered that it was completely taken out of context. Did you watch the full set? Yeah. So completely out of context. Right. Um, and then Tony's back, and that guy seemingly ruined his stand-up career. Yeah. It's kind of the first publicly documented case where the, that backfired, where the cancel thing backfired and almost worked in... F- I almost think there was a bump for Tony. Yeah. Not that he needed it. He's incredibly relevant and successful, but like, dude, I, I go to kill Tony and mm-hmm. pack to the brim. Mm-hmm. People are still going. People are still coming. He had to move venues. But yeah. It, uh, it, it all makes me think about, I think we both have the same stance on it, which is, you know, we're pro comedian. We're pro saying, figuring out your jokes and saying whatever you want. And we're anti. Anything's you know, funny if it's funny. Yeah. That's what I always say. Well, even if it's not funny, he's trying to make something right. funny. It's so, not a cancelable offense. He just right. knows, okay, yeah. we'll lighten up next time. Right. But if people are laughing, it's funny. That's what they came here yeah. for. And I heard he'd been doing it all week, Yeah. that same routine. And if you watch the whole thing, it's Penn Dang's set yeah. is making jokes about stop Asian hate. Right. And then Tony goes up there and talks shit about Asians. It like, yeah. was really funny the way they work together. Yeah. And for some reason... Uh, we don't know the insides. Like yeah. I don't know if he tried to talk to him or or what. But apparently it, he didn't. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm hearing as well. So. Um, but I even go to say, even if there was no laughs at all, it's still uh, you don't film somebody else's set. Even yeah. even if there was, you know, some guy doing something completely outrageous. If somebody just went up on stage, I believe, and was just shouting n bombs or something like that, I think. Kick him out. Don't have him come back. It sorts of like well, uh, maybe I don't know. What well, I'm who? Uh, no, I I feel you. It's not canceling, but it's like you gotta. It's also not acceptable. Yeah, like what do you want out of the situation? Yeah. You just want to ruin someone's life, or do you want change to happen? Do you want them to? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's be. I just feel like there's no more talking to the person that has upset you. Yeah. You go. You you directly surpass them and take it to the masses, mm-hmm. and then. What does it change except ruin someone's life? Right. That's what I don't. Are you are you, are you a fan of Tony Hinchcliffe? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's he's. I. Uh, he's doing great things for this community. Yeah. As as far as the, like, I mean. People hate on him for like, you know, how he like. I've talked to some comedians who are like he, you know, only supports a certain type of comedy and stuff, and if you don't do that, but. You know who does that too? Jerry Seinfeld. Everybody has their. Uh, you know, preferences or yeah. what they find funny. Yeah. But Dude. also, there I, I don't know who else is giving as many opportunities. No. You know, as no. 
kill Tony. That's like a sure line, like something that you can look at. If I go and do a killer minute set, I can be on a show with Joe Rogan like two days later. And not even but like that's that's the result we all want. Right. And some people are getting it. But also like we all watch it and listen to it. Mm-hmm. So like it's introduced me to so many different types of comedians right. in this community where it's like, wow, like what I've seen wasn't that funny. But you showed up here and killed it in a minute. Yeah. Just goes to show. And then you got people asking you to do shows and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean. Even inside the open mic community, it's huge, man. So like, and I think the dude is really, really funny. Yeah. I think he's. Did you watch? I can't. I sound like such a millennial. I just always go back to Have you seen this? But this he he released special. Yeah. The um, making friends. No, I didn't watch it. Really good. I gotta watch it. He's a savage. Yeah. He's I a saw savage. him open for he Joe gets o- Rogan when I saw him at the Vulcan. Oh, and you did. He did really well. Yeah. You did. He's super funny. Yeah. And I've seen him at the comedy store a couple of years ago too. And yeah. Super good. That's another thing is just being here is so cool to like, it's, we're fans of comedy. You don't become a comedian unless you're a fan. Right. And some of the heaviest hitters in the game are right here. It's we, really we cool. We share an area code with them. And this isn't Los Angeles, like you said. Uh-huh. This is, we're five minutes from where they're going to perform. Yeah. You know? And it, it's really cool. So... That's and Austin's a cool city, man. It's cool. It's a cool city. Like everyone kept saying, "Oh, it's so liberal." No, it's not, and it is. But like, and that's fine. But nobody, everyone's so nice here, from what yeah. I've gathered. Yeah, I've I've really enjoyed being here, and I think it was a good move for me. I think I made the right choice, and I want to be here for a little bit and see how yeah things go here. Yeah. I mean, Rogan hasn't even opened his club yet. That's going to be a crazy thing. That's that coming. Happens. That could happen tonight. That's not like a specific date, but yeah. like it is coming. Yeah. It's like hot on the press. And then more and more people are going to even move. Like it's, this isn't even the, it's going to feel even beating Beating happens. Rogan's club opening, like moving here before is actually pretty big. Because yeah, I think so. We've established ourselves in the circle. Mm-hmm. Maybe not established. I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't know who I am. Right. But there's a good, there's a fair amount that do and you, yeah. and you got this podcast. Mm-hmm. And when it opens, it's going to. That stuff's good, man, because it builds the comp- like competitive level. Yeah. You know, we're like now, before it was like maybe I'll get on Kill Tony, but now it's I can get past that Rogan's club. Yeah. And if I do, that's huge. So now we're all going to be pushed. And I don't know how he's going to – I've heard that he's going to try to operate it very close to the Comedy Store. In fact, uh-huh. he, he even said that he thought about naming it Comedy Store Austin. Uh-huh. But his peers said, no, nah, man, make it your thing. Yeah. But he did say on one of his podcasts that he wants a specific focus on young talent uh-huh. and he wants more open mics more frequently, yeah. not just like once every two weeks. He wants a couple a week. Yeah. So it's going to be really big for all of us. Yeah, and we, the, there's already good clubs here and there's a scene clubs, and man. there's plenty of mics to do. Some really awesome rooms. And of course, this uh, this is all I know. Yeah, I've never been in another. Um, I did one open mic in Phoenix. Oh, uh, okay. And uh, that's it. And that was nothing. So I did uh, open mics in Reno for like a month. Then I came home for what I wanted to be like a week. And I was like, okay, I'll hit a couple open mics in LA area. And then that was right when COVID happened. And then I took a year off and then moved here and got back into it. But um, it was sad. I didn't like, I, I don't know if I could start doing comedy in LA. It's tough. Because it's like, the Roma room on the worst night at the, at the two open mics that I went to. 
the comics do not give a fuck. You're paying yeah. five bucks for three minutes of oh, stage time. Oh, you have to time. pay? You have to pay at most of the, like at uh, Flappers I, or at Dude, um, I, hope ha -ha. I hope that doesn't happen here. Yeah. I don't think it will. I think most of the rooms are attached to bars, so like yeah. they let people in for free and yeah. then, you know, naturally they're going to start drinking right. and that's how you make your money. And like at the Romo room, I know people tip well, dude, because they take care of us. They give us so much time uh -huh. as far as like, I mean, there's multiple mics every week yeah. at that room and it's attached to just a restaurant and a bar. Right. So, and there, it's not like they need that space for something else. Like yeah. it's not like it's packed. And I think dude, in today's era of opportunity, if they started doing that, I think we could come together and find a solution. Like, let's just, find a restaurant with a big patio and see if they'll let us do it out like we'll find other places oh yeah i'd rather do it. do it in the park just yeah. the principle of like paying for Dude, it. i mean you're already giving up so much just yeah. uh you know you sometimes have to wait for hours to yeah. do form it like oh i i the fact of a huge transition from military to comedy is that in the military being on time means 15 minutes early uh -huh. in comedy being on time means being 25 minutes late mm. so i've oftentimes like showed up to something on time and i'm waiting for an hour just yeah. for this mic the host isn't even here yeah so but i kind of you know it's not i was so anti that when i first got out like yeah. you have a place to be you be there you give me right. a time that's sacred but it's like dude or you can take your time walk around the park mm. look at some birds take a piss on a bush you know really enjoy what's around you and just la lackadaisically show up, you know? It's a good way to look at and it. That's not a bad thing. And it's also like, you know, what are the consequences? Of course, people are going to take as much as you give them yeah. a lot of times. It's yeah. like, I feel that way even, especially more during COVID, not to get back to COVID, but like uh, people, uh, you know, so many places are hiring and every, every business you go to, hiring, hiring, nobody mm -hmm. wants to work because... I think unemployment just ran out or whatever, so people are Is that right? maybe gonna have to. I, yeah, I, I I know a lot of comedians who I was talking to who were like, uh, "Oh, this is the last week of unemployment." That was like Jeez. a week ago, so got to find something to do. But people wrote it forever. Yeah, and people. I mean, I, I can't blame them. I mean, if it's not I mean, if people were able to just focus on comedy and do that, I mean, part of me was like, "Dang, maybe I would be a lot further ahead if I was just focused on comedy." Dude, that when I first got here um i had three weeks where i had no responsibilities yet yeah Not, like school hadn't started and i every morning went to this coffee shop shout out to the civil goat oh yeah i've been there it's a great shop great got shop. my ass kicked by the goat the goat got you huh the goat will you're not supposed to look him in the eyes oh yeah maybe that's what we do yeah wrong. did you grab him by the horns no do goats have horns yeah this one had like a messed the, up horn the spiral it was like Half I can't. Horn, is this a, a bit, or did you see a goat? Yeah, there was a goat. Yeah, for that's, real. That's civil goat. Oh, you went to the one in here. There's two civil goats. Oh, because I'm kidding. There's no goat at the one I go to. Okay, yeah. So I think I started to realize like this guy is passionately talking about this goat. I don't think he's kidding. <laughs> no, yeah, I haven't been to the one uh, downtown or whatever. You go to one with a goat. There's one with a goat, which I assume is why they called it civil goat. Does it pee and poo? Uh, yeah, it's like there's like an outdoor. I mean, it's a little more in the country. Uh, I thought the goat was just like like freely walking around it's amongst, outdoors amongst yeah the there's, there's a patio outdoors and there's a okay. big fat goat and i don't know he was aggressive look i got no beef with goats he wasn't civil and that's an issue yeah you know i feel like i know i'm not sure if sipping coffee and like defending yourself from a, a rabid goat really goes together yeah he was like trying like my friend had an acai bowl and he was trying to get up in that He's my a, girlfriend he was like headbutting 
She, uh, yeah. there, might, there might be she a was lot. supposed to go back and she's like, I don't want to go back. Like her friend was <laughs> like, you want to meet at the civil goat? She's like, no. But yeah, the go. one, the, the civil goat that I go to where there's no goat present, I would go there every morning and write for two hours. Just, nice. just write. And, um, now I'm in class and it's, the writing's taking a hit, but I've realized that the jokes that are landing best for me right now are the ones that I just happen upon by viewing something in a comedic stance. Mm. And don't write down and just say it how I felt it. Mm. And th- the last couple of weeks, that's what I've been doing. And I've been getting really good results from that. Because I feel like whenever I have to write jokes, it feels like I'm throwing in fancy words just to throw them in there. It's just yeah. all this extra stuff. It's was, harder to be yourself. That was nice right there. Good. Re- you have the reflexes of a mongoose, dude. <laughs> that was quick. I'm clinging. Yeah. Um, do you do yoga? No. No. Do I look like I do? I, you said it so dismissively, dude. You should try it. Oh, dude, I've tried it. Uh, I've done yoga twice, and it was uh, it was brutal. Yeah. Oh, dude, I did. The first time I did yoga was at an LA Fitness in Valencia. Yeah. And they just had a class, it's and there was all hard. these like middle aged women killing it. Oh yeah. And I'm in the back, just a ball of sweat, can barely mm. touch my toes, and I'm like, dude, this is not what I was. This is not how I was advertised. I'm supposed to be yeah. relaxed, zen. Just but inhaling no. their farts. Yeah. I don't know. Yoga grosses me out a little bit. It, I just feel like everybody's just farting on each other. Just especially the hot yoga. I've I never had any do. thought association with yoga oh, and really? farts. Yeah. With the downward dogs, you don't think the about downward it. dog could be a dangerous position if you're close <laughs> enough. But that's on you. That's mat placement. That's mat placement. That's it's not sometimes. Bodily I don't know. Issue. People's like work and like sweating, and you see certain guys, and and you just maybe the one I went to was we were a little too packed in. I, I yeah. It's hard. I don't want to make any assumptions, but this could be an insecurity thing. Oh, me? Do you think so? Do you think you're the one that's afraid to fart? It's not so much inhaling, it's so much pressing your, your junk on someone else? Are you a... Are yeah. You a uh, yeah, it is. It's on me. Are you a flatulence guy? Big flatulence guy? Do I fart a lot? Yeah. No. You know what? The advantage of being a I mean, slender yeah, guy is you'll never get blamed. Oh yeah. Come, like be, when I used to be fat, dude. Anytime someone farted, I just knew <laughs> I knew it was coming my way. Yeah. And I'm I, guilty of it. You of course the fat guy farted. My farts, I don't know if I'm uh loose or if I'm uh tight. Is this specifically about your butthole? Okay. But I, my farts are usually silent but deadly. Nice. Well, that's good make, though. And yeah, I think I yeah. That's good. I think I think hair get, puts a bit of a muffler on it. Okay. I think we're getting a little too deep into this, but, but yeah, I don't rip them hard. How deep so. could he get if it's that tight? That was inappropriate. How deep could There's I get? There's kids around here. What do you mean how deep? Could I mean, you I get? said we're getting deep, but then you said you had a tight butthole. Oh. I tried to make a joke, and it's inappropriate and wrong. And stay in school, and study. So yeah, this is a kid-friendly podcast. Yeah. No, I always click not kid-friendly. Oh, okay. But dude, it's tough. Like, like part of me with comedy and stuff. That was a joke. Podcast. Is that a real thing? What? When you upload on YouTube, you have to determine whether or not children are allowed to it watch it. It asks you a question. It says, is this kid-friendly, yes or no? I did. You know what? I did know that. I did and, know that because uh, I've done kid it. Kid-friendly content. And I realized that because uh, I'm a substitute teacher, it, if you check no, then it won't let it play on the school Wi-Fi. Um, oh. Like it'll be a blocked video. Oh. That's good insider info. Yeah. Yeah. But Do you kind of see comedy and podcasting for you as like a symbiotic thing uh yes and this might get more into like marketing and whatever which is kind of 
annoying and sometimes I don't want to think about it too much. But um, oh, what I was going to say before actually about the kids thing is like uh, separating the like I post this podcast on my Instagram that like, you know, I have uh, my grandma and my aunt following and I have, you know, my little cousins following and like, you know, little kids and stuff. And so I feel sometimes insecure about that. Like that last Guy Brown uh, clip that I posted where he's just like, show me your tits, show me your tits. And like, what does grandma think? Yeah. But, and then it's weird too, when my like 65 year old aunt like likes that video and I'm like, oh, she saw it and she's, and she's, but she's with it too. That's, that's kind of, she's about it. She or is knows. she not and just liked it just to support. Yeah. It just makes me. There's so also weird. a chance with like the, the elderly that they had no idea how to work the volume oh, yeah, in the just, audio. Yeah. Didn't hear anything like, oh, look at Nico's paddling. <laughs> that's what I'll tell myself. But, um, dude, I, I talk about this a lot with comics and obviously if we want to make this work, right, you got to think a little bit about the strategy for sure. You could, you could be a person who says, I just want to get funnier and I'm not going to put in any networking. I'm not going to think about anything and I'm just going to keep trying to get funnier. And I think if you're the funniest guy in the world, that'll pay off. You know, if you're the next Dave Chappelle, uh, I don't think you got to do much marketing or whatever, even though he does some of it. But, uh, you know, if you got that in you, I don't think that I'm the next any of those guys. So no, I think neither do and I. I think a lot of us have talent. And if you get the right opportunities, I think a lot of people could make the most of it. But it's just trying to get those opportunities. I think Austin's huge for that in the aspect that like. So now I've made friends with all these comedians. Yeah. I'm friends with them on Instagram. Every night I'm seeing people post. They got a show coming up. They got this. They got that, yeah. which is a. I guess a way to network, but um, doesn't matter. I don't think it matters what you do if the talent doesn't back it up. Like I don't think ne- networking can pay off. Right. You gotta be. You gotta be ir- unresist. Uh, un. What am I? Unresistible. Undeniable. Undeniable. You gotta be undeniable. Right. And that and and obviously networking will help that, but networking won't help if you're not. I agree. Yeah. So. But I think that. Yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say exactly, but I guess I put some thought into like, uh, you know, people given opportunities. Yeah, they deserve it. But I think like, do you think Hans Kim is the only comedian out there right now who could fulfill the role of being the next regular on Kill Tony? He was the yeah, no, obviously he's not, he deserved he's, it, but I think there's probably a lot of guys across the country yeah. or in the Austin community could have done here's could the, do it as well here's the thing with hans is that like and i don't know him that well we've said hi to each other a couple of times he yeah. hosts a lot of mics um but he's really funny mm-hmm. can't deny that we all see his sets we all seen his stand-up he's a funny guy mm-hmm. a lot of it's right place right time mm-hmm. but that's not so much luck as it is are you going to go to all these open mics are you going to go to oh, kill tony every night at the yeah. at the chance that you'll get pulled up hans was putting in the hours putting right. in the work so no he's not the only guy could do it yeah and also like you're starting to see uh david lucas is kind of on his way out yeah because he's touring with Shab, right and they tour a lot mm-hmm. i went to kill tony last monday david lucas wasn't there uh-huh. which gave t- uh i think if my calculations were correct, it gave two more comics an opportunity to get on. Yeah. So, because it was just Hans, comic, 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 William Montgomery. And Michael Ayer just stopped. And he stopped as well. So, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know if Tony's married to the idea of three. 
regulars or uh-huh. four regulars or whatever. But um, yeah, they, David Lucas is eventually yeah. not going to be doing it. Right. So it's going to be a next guy up situation, and who and who's it going to be? It's so easy to say Hans Kim was a funny Asian, and it yeah. happened during all this stuff. And Tony, you know, talks about that too. But yeah. there's more than one Asian comic in Austin. Yeah. You know. But yeah, my my point is though that uh, getting out there and uh, people being aware of you and knowing who you are is another part yeah. of the game. Yeah. And I look at larger comedians where they're at, and it's hard to point to a comedian who's very successful touring all the time who has not had the aid of a movie, TV show, podcast or something of that nature. I can think of them. one, and you could easily prove me wrong on this. I could think of one on the top of my head. Bill Burr? No, that's a good one. But Bill Burr... But he's been in movies, He's been too, in a lot of movies, which maybe gave has, him a bump. He has podcasts. But I was going to say Joe Coy. Joe Coy. Joe Coy sells out arenas, bro. Mm. Like, he's got multiple specials on Netflix, all great. Yeah. And I probably found out about Joe Coy maybe no more than a year ago. Uh-huh. He's been doing this forever. Yeah. I think he does have a podcast, but like right. Joe Coy's not a big actor. Yeah. I think he's strictly comedy and he just got really good, really famous. And I'm not sure what, cause like I could tell you, like I know, like I know, uh, I know like Rogan and I'm going to sound like an idiot now cause maybe I don't know, but you know who came out of the comedy store, you know who came out of New York. I have no idea where Joe Coy came out of. Yeah. I know he's from Washington only cause he talked about it on a yeah. podcast. I listened to or one of his specials, but like, but you have a point. I think he came out of LA, but more like the Laugh Factory. Yeah. Or something like but that. also, if you talk, actually, this probably helps your point. If you talk to any person who's just a casual comedy fan, they don't know who he is. Uh-huh. You know, they have no idea who Joe Coy is. So maybe that helps your point. People yeah. know who Bill Burr, Bill Burr, maybe not Burr. Like you were saying, the like science, the comedy, the comedians that people know because of TV and um, podcast. I feel like an idiot now because I'm all no, over. No. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But um, all these comedians, and they, they, you know, even like uh, Bobby Lee or Burt Kreischer or Tom Segura, they all received big bumps in their careers once they started podcasting. For sure. And uh, even Joe Rogan would not be who he is today without his podcast. We all you, know that. You think about, or without Fear Factor. You think about Joe Rogan and his accolades, and you think about if you ask anybody, any kid, any anyone our age, what do you know Joe Rogan from? They're going to say the podcast. Yeah. However, that was like the fourth or fifth notch on, on his belt. Oh, you're getting, you're getting into trouble here. Let's see some elusive maneuvering. And that's just, that's just professionalism right there. You can't yeah, teach you can't what you teach just that. did. That's just second nature. That just comes with years yeah. of experience. I feel like if I didn't say anything, we would have had the same result there. So. Well, I was testing you as my co- co-captain. Oh, I would never let you. But now that I know your skills, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test <laughs> it a little more. Yeah. But, um, let me make the mistake. I need one of those. Even though, even though people... That's what they know him from. Yeah, that's like his f- fifth thing. Right. He started with stand up. Yeah. He did uh, news radio was the show. Yeah. He did Fear Factor, UFC. I think even became came yeah. before, and then he started podcasting, and that's what he's probably most famous for. Right. Meanwhile, he's selling out arenas with Dave Chappelle. Yeah. He's opening up a comedy. I mean, the guy does everything, um, and still finds time to go on a two week long elk hunting trip. Yeah. With Steve Rennell. So, so I don't think Joe Rogan would be as big as he is today if he's just like, I'm only going to focus on stand up yeah. and just work, just be, you know, 
You got to get yourself in different pockets and get people aware of you of different ways. Yeah. And maybe stand up isn't what breaks you or gets you to that next level. Maybe it's not even this. Maybe it's the next podcast that I start. Or right. maybe I get lucky enough to be in the next uh, Mayberry Man movie or there, something like that. There's a sequel coming. There's All a right. sequel coming, man. <laughs> so I hear. But uh, how that is that? Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So. So it came about, you were telling me that you were in uh, Dubai. Is yes. that when you auditioned? The way the way this, Mayberry Man's a movie, it's in theaters now. People probably don't know that. It's an independently funded film. Uh, I received a role in the film. I was and the in movie it. is based on the... the uh, it's the Andy Griffith show. The Andy Griffith show. Um, it's written, directed, produced by Stark Howell, co-produced by Cord Howell. Check it out. They're on a theater tour right now. Um... But um, the way it worked is I was home on leave before the deployment in Dubai and Stark is my neighbor and he called me over and he had a hard copy script. He said, hey, told me the idea. Basically, his father, Hoke Howell, was in the Andy Griffith show in real life. There's this thing called Mayberry Festival that happens in North Carolina, uh, Mount Airy, which is where Andy Griffith's from. And then there's another one in Dansville, Indiana. There's just a huge Andy Griffith like fan base there. They love it. They love it. Stark, a couple years back, got invited to Mayberry Fest in honor of his dad, to represent his dad. So he would go there. They would have pictures of his dad, Hoke, who played Dud Wash in, in the show, and he would sign, and he would go in the parade, and he would honor his dad. And I don't know if it was the first time he went or the second time he went, but he thought to himself, dude, I can write a script. Oh, this is great. Yeah. So he wrote like a family film G-rated script, um, about this big time movie director who gets sentenced by he gets he does something he gets in trouble in a small town the um, I got distracted there I know the plot okay I got distracted yeah, yeah, there's yeah. what happened just we'll so people it. know um, I, 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 I as an actor as a thespian <laughs> I take it very serious to, to know you know the inner the, the, the ins and outs of every film I participate I, in I mean you get a heckler like that you kick him out that's, that's what I'm saying you're out buddy this is this is Hollywood off my set but, um, yeah, so he, the, a judge sentences this big hotshot movie star to uh, go to Mayberry Festival yeah. to humble him. He doesn't go to jail, none of that stuff. He goes to Mayberry Festival, and the rest, you know, kind of just unravels itself. Um, Stark had me in mind to play, like, this bailiff. It's weird calling him Stark. He was Mr. Howell my whole life. But now he's a director, and, he's, and I'm a big-time movie star, so he's Stark. But, um... He had me written for like this bailiff script and I, and he asked me to read for it and I sent him, I sent in like an audition to him reading the script and he was like, dude, no, like this is like a, this is not a funny role. Like you're being way too funny. So he wrote something <laughs> else for me. It was already in, I, I don't think he wrote it for me, but he said, Hey, look, this is, you can be the Apple man. This is what you can be. They pulled it out <laughs> of an episode of the Andy Griffith show. Um, I think I, I read for that as well, sent it in. He said, yeah, this will work. So I get back from deployment. This is all while I'm overseas on deployment. Get back from deployment, get out of the military. He gives me the dates. I film it, and then uh, a year later, it's released. And Where did where'd you film it? I filmed in North Carolina, uh, Mount Airy. Yeah, so that's actually where the festival was taking place. And um, acting is really kind of whack. Really? I don't look, man. It was different for me because I had one scene, never done it before, showed up. My scene was like five, 10 to 15 minutes. And no, less, way less. I think my scene's like two and a half minutes. Okay. And it took 
four hours to film it, man. Yeah. And I'm not complaining. It was an awesome opportunity. I'll probably do it again, but it's not what people think it is. I can tell you that. Craft services? It was craft services, yeah. Your boy, (laughs) dude. They had these... Apple Man gained some weight. Apple Man. uh, (laughs) Dude, I ate 50 apples for this scene because I'm actively... I don't want to give anything away. See the movie... Uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I mean, I'm the we'll Apple man. That I, dude, I already told you this, but the two things that went horribly wrong on my big movie debut. One, IMDb drops the cast list, spells my name wrong. Come on. Horrible. I mean, come on. One job. Two, walking down the red carpet, my fly is completely down. And my shirt's oh, yeah. tucked in, dude, so everyone saw it. Oh, yeah. You know what I Like, in situations like that, I instantly get mad at my friends that I've, like, been around all day. Dude, like... <laughs> I know you saw this. There's no way you didn't see this, bro. My polka dot like underwear were like creeping out. People saw it, and they were just too. What do you, you think I was gonna get offended if you told me? Come on. Yeah, man. I was in a movie. It was really weird. Would you act? Uh, yeah, I would do it. I mean, I remember uh, I listened to the episode with you and Joe McNamara. Oh yeah, he was a great comedian, really funny. Yeah. Uh, him and I did a couple mics together the other night. Cool. But um. I remember on the episode you guys had, you were talking about, like, I would love to put a lot of time into making, like, a sitcom with all these open micers or something like that, or a show. Really? Yeah, he said it on your episode. You don't, you don't remember talking about that? It was brief. You guys didn't talk about it much, but he yeah, was like, yeah. I would love to write a show. And oh, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, know, yeah. I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. if Yeah. It's so possible. Yeah. It's so possible, dude. Even today, you don't need a network. You could just put it online. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Shane Gillis has Gillian Keeves, which is awesome. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen it, but it's like, Shane Gillis got, got, um, canceled for be for, so he got hired on by SNL. Yeah. They dug into his past, saw that he said some really bad slurs on a podcast. Yeah. And then that went national and he got canceled. And then he said, F you guys, I'm going to do it myself. By the way, you shouldn't say Asian slurs. I'm not supporting that part of it, but, yeah. um, yeah, made his own pot, made his own sketch show on YouTube, and now he's killing it. And Stark, man, I watched this guy conceptualize an idea, write a script, crowdfund it, get all of it together during COVID. There's so many barriers, and he just made this film. Even on the day of the release, like on the uh, the debut that I went to a couple weekends ago, it was raining. Like nothing was going right, but this guy was just smiling the whole time and got it done. And now he has a movie that is up for distribution and there's a a theater tour going around. My parents were able to see it in LA, which is really cool. And it's all from an idea that he thought of. He didn't have the money to fund it himself. He had a crowd fund. So it was very inspirational and I wish I told him that, but um, just seeing that happen, like, dude, he'll watch, he'll watch this. Yeah, he he will. I I see your numbers, bro. But uh, (laughs) um, it's just so possible to do something like that. Especially like, I think that could be something unique, like a bunch of open micers, Having like a sketch show or something like that, yeah. I have no, you know, I haven't, I got, I got no basis for this, but I'm just saying, like, it could, it could totally be an idea that works and just, I don't know, the era we're in with the internet, there's just so many opportunities for stuff like that, man. Dude, half the battle, there's a quote, <clears throat> there's a saying, half the battle is just uh, doing it or starting or trying or I don't know what people say, but just just trying to do it. I mean, we get so many of our ideas get ideas get stopped short before we even try. Yeah, like, it's like the hardest belt to get is the white belt. Yes, you know? the hardest belt. That that's a. Can I use that one? You can use that. <clears throat> one. You can talk your way out of doing anything by mm-hmm. just thinking about it enough. There's a way out of it if you just 
the longer you wait, eventually the first, you can talk yourself out of doing it. The first stand-up, must, that must be a huge thing of why people don't do stand-up. Oh, yeah, Just dude. Just the, the, the idea of getting up there for the first time, and you're probably going to fail. You're probably not yeah. going to get laughs. It's probably going to suck. Nobody wants to do that, though. Everyone has this dream in their mind. I'm going to go the first time, and it's going to yeah, kill. Like, dude, I'm gonna, funny. I'm going to coast from there dude, on Dude, I've been funny my whole life. <laughs> yeah. you kidding me? i just got to go up there and open my mouth. But... I think um, I think when I first got to Austin, dude, the first couple of days, I told myself, day one, get yourself unpacked. Day two, you're going to a mic. Mm. And I just kept putting it off, putting it off, finally did it. But, like, also, it's hard, like, just moving to a city. Like, dude, that Bod Slava website, do you ever go on there? Yeah. Like, isn't updated or yeah. <laughs> like I've went to so many places that, like, dude, we stopped doing an open mic, like, years ago. Yeah. Well, update it, man. Come on. Yeah. But once you get in the circle and final, like, and also getting on stage, how did you do your first time doing stand-up? Do you remember? The very first time I did stand-up was at a bar when I was at school, actually. No, actually, after I graduated school, I did one open mic in the Santa Barbara area in between. Did you have jokes or did you think you were just going to go up there and, like, mess around? No, yeah, I had a five-minute oh, uh, nice. joke bit about... Uh, plastic uh metal straw or paper straws oh it was in it was in that era i did five minutes on paper straws did it kill no no but there was nobody there it was yeah. just like five drunk people that so too. it was a bad experience but that too no i didn't do well yeah it's so easy to get discouraged yeah it's so easy to have like three or four back-to-back mics where you just tank but like i think the mindset shift is dude I think it's more important to bomb, you know? Mm. I think it's more early, at least. Like, if you're, if you're, like, 10 years in, you're bombing every night. Maybe this isn't for you. But, like, yeah. at first, to get those out of the way, to one, know what it feels like, because it's yeah. going to happen. I mean, yeah. all these, the goats still yeah. talk about, like, times that they bomb. Yeah. You know, so it's never going to go away. Um, but just to know what doesn't work is more powerful than to know what works, because if you have the sword, you have the shield, you know? Wow. And that's what I, <laughs> I didn't mean to blow your mind. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be up all night thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's like, uh, I think, yeah, I just think that's e- maybe not more important, but equally as important because yeah. um, I don't think it's good for anyone to, it's like spoiling a child, yeah. you know, it's like giving kids like you, we went to the same high school yeah you there was a huge i drove a 1998 honda civic okay uh-huh. it was four screen like my eyes it was stick shift thing was awful yeah okay every day i had my di- you know you find where you want to park there's this girl who would park next to me with a bmw who was matching to her brother i'm not going to say the license plate because it'll give away who the person is <laughs> but the license plate was disgusting we'll bleep it the license plate said daddy paid do you know who i'm talking about <laughs> Oh, I think I remember something like that. Yeah. I don't know who it was. Yeah. Actually, you don't even have to believe that. I'm not going to say the name. But yeah. Anyways, so like my parents are from, we live in the same place as this person. Yeah. I had to get a job to buy a 1998 Honda Civic. Yeah. She obviously didn't. Right. You know? So like there's going to be a different trajectory here because I'm learning work ethic and she's learning when she wants something, she gets it. And it's the same way. If you're a comic who kills every night early on, you're just going to think you're invincible. Right. Like, it doesn't matter what I say until it matters. And then you realize, oh, I haven't written anything because I just thought I could be funny. So I think it's really important when you bomb, like I did the other night, 
then I went to another mic that same night and killed. And it's like, all right, I'm back. You know, back, that's baby. all you need is like yeah. to balance it out because it's going to happen. Like and you said, at, even yeah. if your best set, you could be doing it for a room that has already heard it and you don't know. Yeah. So. So do you think, uh, I mean, you've enjoyed doing comedy up until this point, right? Are you happy where you're at? Do you feel like you're. Yeah. Yeah. How'd the first time go for you? You were there. Oh, right, right. It did go well. yeah, that's <laughs> I think it went okay. Yeah. I think it went But how okay. did you feel after it? Did you Electric. Feel? You did? Electric, dude. That's awesome. I felt amazing. I was, I was driving so fast on my way home, you know, just like yeah. fired up, windows down. I was like looking at the sunset, slapping the side of my car. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I, I did well, I like almost started crying in my car when I, afterwards. Like getting strangers to laugh, it was like, it like, was insane. Feeling. Are you talking about like the first time like you like slayed a room? Or just yeah, because like that is powerful, man. Yeah, it's almost like addicting. Yeah, I mean that was disgusting the way I just said uh, that. But like you know what I mean. But like it's, it's moments like that that keep you going and yeah. keep you going back out there, you know. Yeah, and I think um, if you don't, yeah, there's gonna be. Are you watching the tears of like stand up? What I mean is like, you you can see there's levels to uh-huh. open mics. There's uh, like open micers. There's yeah. like entry, which yeah. I probably consider myself. Uh huh. And then there's like the middle. You can tell they've been doing this for a while. There's something there. Yeah. If they keep it up, they can break through. Mm-hmm. And then there's the breakthrough where these guys have been doing it five, six years. It's just a matter of time before they're not a completely famous comic, but they're, they got guest spots. They're opening. They're on tour. Yeah. And I'm seeing these guys that are about to break loose, and I'm excited to be like the next guy up. Yeah. You know? Um, it's kind of where I feel like I'm at. I don't know if you see it the same way, but... Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm still at the beginning stages. And it and takes if, a while to get out of that, I'm yeah, not sure. I feel, I feel good and, uh, you know, there's half of me that feels very uncomfortable and is eager to get better and keep working harder. But there's another side of me that's like, uh, you know, I, I, I really don't want to be those guys who are just starting out and who are bitter and who feel like, why haven't they gotten their opportunities Dude, yet? I've been seeing it. And it's like, dude, I'm not like, I can't imagine having the confidence to like, I don't want to be the worst person on a show or something like, like I want to, once those opportunities come, I want to feel comfortable and prepared for it and still a little scared, I'm sure. But I don't, I never want to be those, that guy who's asking for opportunities, like, please like just squeak me on here. And then I fucking bomb. And like, that's, um, I guess the grounds I'm trying to find now. He's like, do I wait for someone to ask me to do a spot or do, or am I supposed to be more proactive about this? And again, I've been doing it for a month and a half, so I'm mm-hmm. not expecting anything yet. But like, I don't know how to reach that next level. I don't know. I don't know if it takes a certain amount of inserting myself mm-hmm. or do I just keep showing up doing my thing? And when my time comes, my time comes. That's something that I'm figuring out. Yeah, I mean, I think it works different for different people, I'm realizing. Some people expect people to come up and ask for spots on shows. Other people will be very turned off if you ask them for a spot. Yeah. And that could... So, how you read that is, I don't know. I I stick on the side of not asking people for things. There was a thing on uh, Austin Comedy where Kate Lois, she was saying, like, I'm booking for this show next month. Like, DM me. Don't be shy if you want to get on it. So then I felt comfortable approaching in that way. Um, you just had a show, huh? 
You had a show. You were at a showcase or something. Oh, uh, or were you just promoting so yeah. It? All the opportunities that I've gotten so far, which has probably been two or three hosting gigs at the Roma Room and one or two like guest spots on something, have come from just not me asking for yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the way that I prefer to do it. My uh, my dad, when I left for the military, he he served. Like I was saying, my dad told he served in Vietnam, boots uh-huh. on ground, baby. Um, he uh, he told me, when you go to boot camp, when you when you do this, keep your head down, work hard, and let them come to you. Yeah. Don't be the guy who's raising your hand, trying to do everything. Right. If you're if you prove yourself, you'll be the guy that does that does yeah. that. And that's kind of followed me yeah. through life. And like, I see I'm trying to really, ah, I'll sling it. I see people that do shows where it's like, I've never seen you make a person laugh. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And so it's like, I have a feeling that you inserted yourself here mm-hmm. and, and you put someone in an awkward spot and they put you, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm not even, I'm not even saying I'm ready to do it. Yeah. If given the opportunity, I'm going to take it right. and we'll find out. But, um, I'm trying to, trying to make pops proud, dude. Just, just work hard. Yeah. And, Cause I think it's more important to show up every night and make people laugh. Right. Than it is to, uh, start networking now. I have nothing to network. Right. Yeah. And let me worry about that a few years from now when I'm like, okay, well, this is just weird because I'm fucking killing every night. Everybody's dying laughing. How come no one? Then let me start. If it gets to that point, then. But I know that I'm not as confident that I'm at that point yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. uh, And there's something I think to be said about the first impression that someone gets to you. You know what I'm saying? So if you're on these showcases or whatever and you got, you know, somehow squeaked into this opportunity, but you bomb. Just like maybe in the military, it's sometimes hard for somebody to unsee you the way they first for saw sure. you. For sure. Right? For sure. I mean. So it can best... maybe do more harm than good in um, some cases. I don't know. Uh, what's this? this is a big military. Perception's reality. Mm. You know? If you're perceived as being funny, you're funny. Right. Um, it's like the whole cancel culture. Uh, it doesn't matter if you get accused of something and proven innocent. Yeah. You're still the guy that got accused of doing it. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to shake that. But like. That's a huge con- consideration. Mm-hmm. When it's time to do these shows, like, you you better be ready. Right. Because if you tank your first one, are you going to get a second one? Yeah. You know? If you do really good on your first one, you're probably going to get a second one. I also think so many of these shows are booked just people putting their friends on. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, I guess, whatever. But, um, so there is there is that side. And that's too. okay, too, because ultimately yeah. the audience decides. Yeah. You know? Like... But it also pushes me to just start my own show. There, all these was, people are just normal people who, yeah. and I've been thinking about it for a while, just like I thought about doing this podcast for a while and didn't act on it, or just like I yeah. thought about doing stand-up for a while and didn't act on it. Um, but I want to find a venue and start doing my own showcase because sure. I feel like I could host it and I for could sure. put who I want on it. Yeah. And it's, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I've talked to people who do their own showcases and they're like, people respect you more once you... They see that you're doing something else, and yeah. maybe it's fucked up that they're like, "Oh, maybe if I put him on, he'll put me on his." But right, that seems to be the way a lot of thing, the way people work. Yeah, and I also think that um, there's kind of like like I don't know if you agree with this, but I feel like we have a little like circle community like of the Romo Room Squad, mm-hmm. where we have that firepower. You know, like 
if I or you wanted to start a showcase, I already have seven comics in the back of my head, which oh, yeah. you included on that list. Would I would hit up right away and have them on because oh, I see I, I see what they do. I know I know how good they are. Yeah. Um, and dude, in a month and a half, I've already seen, including myself, I've already seen, like. It's really fast progression if you're doing it a lot. Like, mm -hmm. You can see in a matter of weeks somebody getting better. Like they figured out one little thing yeah. on stage that that is making them comfortable, that's helping you know the message be received by the audience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. That's something that I eventually would like to look into too. But yeah, um, I think Even, right. Go ahead. I just right now is reps. You know. Yeah, and it's also like you know we're not. A, I mean, the people should be thinking about this more. The ones who have been doing it six or seven years and who are still at the same level like yeah. that would drive me crazy into a mode of okay where i need to do something mm -hmm. or i'm just not whatever I yeah I, you see the complacency yeah because not even half a year dude and yeah. wheels are spinning and like ideas are coming out of like um because i think i think podcasts and any internet content it can be so complimentary to a career in stand-up yeah um whereas like i'm getting all these ideas and then i see the people that have been doing it for seven years and it's like your idea the only thing you're thinking about is going to an open mic tonight uh-huh what like dude this isn't like college baseball bro there's no scouts right you know there's not gonna be someone sitting in the back that discovers yeah. you and then tomorrow you're on leno yeah it just doesn't happen like that um which is kind of how it used to in yeah 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 in stand-up it used to be you get into a club, you get reps, people like are seeing you take off, you're doing right. great, you're doing spots, you're doing tours, and then you're on, uh, uh, what's his name? Johnny Carson. Johnny, that's so embarrassing. No, no, we'll Talking clip about it. I'm a huge, I'll, <laughs> clip it. We're going to overdub. Timestamp it. I'll send you a bunch of things to overdub. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, it, uh, well, it wasn't as competitive back then. There weren't as many people so? doing comedy. I no, guess you're right. Yeah. Most people were more practical thinking. Now we're in the age of everybody wants to be a celebrity or uh -huh. a TikToker, and it sucks to be to want to do comedy because part of you thinks maybe back then I still would have want to be a comedian. But now, where it, do you stand with that? What? So, um, you're pursuing comedy. Yeah. If it works out, you could potentially be a celebrity. Yeah. Is that something you want? Um, or are you just so, not to form the answer for you here, but like, are you just so attracted to the lifestyle of being a comedian that whatever comes with it, you're okay with? Dude, I think there's there's a sick part of me that probably wants to that attention or fame. Yeah, and I don't think that's healthy. No, but I like to think most healthy, of me doesn't. It, but you're admitting. I mean, nobody, yeah, anybody would have denied that. I think, dude, any if you don't if you've never had fame, some ounce of that must feel cool. It must yeah. have felt cool walking down the red carpet. Even though it was, yeah, you know, it's not yeah. like For anything sure. crazy happened over it. But yeah, just the no. small, just the fact that you have an IMDb page must feel a little bit cool. Yeah, no, for sure. So, dude, I mean, but I'm sure it gets yeah. you get sick of it eventually. I there's a fine line, man, because like I don't know where I I want to be a comedian. I know that. Yeah. Um, will I become one? I don't know. Um, I don't think. You already I, are a comedian. I'm a comedian, a successful one. A professional, a professional uh, making a it famous, as a living. A famous comedian. Yeah. I don't know how I would handle fame, man. I don't think I'd be good with it. But there's also, there's plenty of touring comedians who make a living who aren't famous, That's where I'd really. like to sit. That's where I'd you like know? to sit. I mean, is Ari Shafir famous? 
uh, in in, in a niche. circle, it's yeah, niche, but he yeah. can probably walk around pretty well. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, he went and lived in Ecuador. Yeah. During the pandemic, and nobody knew who he was. Yeah. I guarantee you, Jerry Seinfeld goes to Ecuador. They know who he is. Yeah, I so, don't know if I I don't know if I could handle that level or Joe yeah. Rogan level. Yeah. But um. Well, in the in the beauty of it now, you heard that. Yeah. There's a critter over there. All right. Don't don't be alarmed. Doesn't it feel like something could just fucking burst out at any? A gator for sure. Yeah. I'm not actually a gator. Definitely not, because I know there's no gators here. But but maybe like a swamp monster. Yeah. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um. Are there oysters in here? Is that why you said something about that that oyster landing? Uh, there shouldn't be. Is this fresh water? Yeah, it should be. It's fresh water. But I think uh, yeah. You don't have a uh, salinity. You don't have like anything to test the salinity on here. I do not. I don't, I never even heard the word salinity in my life. Do you know I'm what it is? To say. Are you assuming what it is? It... Oyster. No, I, I oh, believe, salt. Salt water. I believe it's the amount of salt in water. Oh, the, the salinity. Level of salinity. Yeah, I should have known that. Which affects buoyancy. Ah. And that's just and that's just a little you know, little the lesson for the kiddos at home. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, dude, we got to stay um, informational. Educational. Educational. Yeah. Um, I think of a life where people know who I am on a large scale and I could see it being like overwhelming to leave the house. Yeah. You know, like I could see not that I don't like this isn't Zac Efron fame where you got girls Uh chasing after you, you know, Yeah. that'll never happen. That'll never happen to me. I know that. Yeah. But, um, (laughs) um, I think it could. Dude. Maybe angsty teenage dudes, you know. Yeah. That's probably my clientele. That yeah, should I really got to <laughs> I really really got to structure these sentences better <laughs> looking back on that last one. But um I don't know, man. I'm like I'll worry about that when I get Yeah. Fit. I'll, I'll I'll contemplate that once it it's on the doorstep. It is a stupid thing to like <laughs> keep you up now. Do I want to be super famous? Yeah. Hey, why'd you stop doing comedy, dude? I just couldn't handle the fame, man. Dude, I'll just, tell you uh, this, man. <laughs> I'll tell you this. When I received that hard copy script, and I was going to write this into a joke. Maybe I still will. You'll never feel more ballin' sitting in an LAX terminal. Because he, he, he got me right when I was leaving town. Yeah. Handed me the script. Reading a hard copy script, bro. There was like a half, I swear, there was like a half moon of people. Mm. I, th- I think I heard a lady say, dude, I think that's Frankie Muniz. Oh. Yeah, but it's, no, just me. And I don't even know if I should take that as a compliment, but when they called now boarding for <laughs> section E and I stood up and walked to the back of the plane, it was so quickly how they turned on me, dude. Like, oh, this, this is a nobody, man. He's going back to Toledo. He's fine. Dude, so, I think I might just start printing scripts and hanging out at the airport. For, you don't even have to put words on them, dude. Just a large stack of paper and just mm-hmm. thumb through it. Because they'll, they'll, be, they'll be too nervous to get close enough. Yeah. You know? But, That's a um, good move. Yeah, Practice, just, yeah, before you get there, start practicing how you hold the script at the airport. Yeah. Posture's big. Posture. Posture's big. And don't be, <laughs> don't be afraid to do the finger lick when you're turning <laughs> the pages. Yeah. Um, That's, looking back on that question, that's a really stupid thing to think about. What? The fame. But no, it's cool to think about. It's cool to think about, but not on like a realistic level because like um, I believe that you and I could definitely um, break through, you know, to, to doing this professionally. Oh, wow. But thanks. But the odds are stacked against us. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I think I think time and commitment is the biggest obstacle for guys like us. There's some guys that should just stop. Yeah. Um, but I think for you and I, I think for a lot of comedians that I see in open micers, I think it's possible. It's just the right, 
way that you go about things yeah. the and, right strategy I mean, dude life still happens too yeah you know there's probably a lot of people that were getting to that point and then oh yeah. shit i got my girlfriend pregnant need yeah. to make money so I, I mean i could see i could see both uh both sides of it Dude, I mean, but guys like you and I, we're willing to get that. We'll drive to Louisiana for that abortion. That's what we're I'm not, saying. We're not going to let that get in the way of That's our career. I, look, man. <laughs> I don't even know how to spin that. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, uh, but that's, well, do you have something to say? No. Okay. Normally not. Uh, shit, I'm sorry. That was rude of me as the interviewer. <clears throat> no, it's okay. This is your This is your ship, dude. Uh, well, I wanted to parlay it into how, and I don't even know if I used that word right, but I'm going to stick with it. I wanted to parlay that into uh, you're taking classes now. Yeah. You're thinking about being a firefighter. Mm -hmm. How does that work into you pursuing stand-up comedy? Um, look, I. Uh, this is where I contradict myself. This is where I go back and say the Goggins mentality sometimes is the best focus on one thing be the best at it right yeah. because when i started the I'm, I'm in emt school now yeah um and you know it makes joke writing harder it makes showing up to open mics harder it makes all that stuff harder um but also like dude if you do it the right way if you approach anything in life the right way you can accomplish more than one thing at once and now i know oh yeah within the first four five maybe even ten years of comedy i'm gonna be an open micer mm. you know this isn't gonna happen overnight it's crazy how many people don't know that it is the people that are actively doing this don't understand how long this is gonna take yeah i don't know if you can see that as well but like, my mom being one of them okay but i but i, I even mean like the the comedians yeah, yeah 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 um no she's an open micer she's been at it for years really i'm like Mom, it's probably time to hang it out. Man, like, I'm too cold. <laughs> but uh, that'd be awesome, dude. Guest spot, Nico's mom. That'd be awesome. Uh, and you just see us like I like I'm showing up to a mic and my mom's like there. Like I'm like, mom. Her bit is like she just has an album of baby pictures. And like, uh, <laughs> so embarrassing. I said, don't go to the Roma room when I'm going. How quickly before your mom surpasses you too, dude? <laughs> uh, yeah. Dude. But um, I uh, I just think that. I know who I am, and it's largely part of why I joined the military. Mm. I'm not okay um, not feeling like I'm giving back somehow. Mm. It's just, it's my DNA, I guess. And I'm not saying I joined the military to be some patriot and go defend. I joined the military for a lot of reasons. I needed structure. I needed direction. Um, try to get that money. Try to get that, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're trying to get that money, maybe maybe go to college. <laughs> but, um, you know, I... um. Being a firefighter is something that I wanted to do since like a young age, and that's not even a lock-in, dude. It's super competitive. Um, mm. I think being a veteran and still being young is going to help me, but it's not my way in. I, I still have a long way, but if I... Dude, the way that that schedule structured is structured is you work like two to three days a week. Oh, yeah. And then the next two to three days you have off, which to me screams like if I'm at a firehouse waiting for a fire, that's an opportunity for me to be writing jokes and be thinking about stuff. And then on those three days off, I can go hard in the paint yeah. at Mike's. And, you know, like we were talking about, like, especially if I stay and do it in Austin where I'm already building a reputation for myself and building like platforms 
And if we start doing these showcases, I just think it's it can be very compatible. And eventually it'll be a point where I have to decide which one I want to take. Yeah. But, um, dude, this is something that, like, I know I moved to Austin for mm. stand up. Like, I know I want to do this. Like, I took a huge leap. I've taken it serious. I'm getting on stage as much as I can. Mm. And then I'm also studying my ass off to do EMT. Yeah. Um, I can't ensure that not one of them is going to take a hit. Yeah. But um, I can ensure that I do my very best on both of them and see what happens. And look, I'm sure I know, I know there's going to come a point where I got to choose one of them, whether it's like, look, dude, you've been doing stand up for 12 years. Nothing's coming your way. Yeah. You have this career. Just ride it off into the sunset. Because at the end of the day, I think I could live with failure, man. I just not, I'm not sure I can live with not trying, you know, right. and it's something I wanted to do. So I'm, I'm just going after it, man. And dude, like I'm making friends, mm -hmm. you know. I'm building a community. I'm doing something. I'm not just sitting in my room every night. I'm going out, going to these mics, seeing comedians, yeah. going to shows. I mean, dude, it's a fun life regardless. And if it gets to the point where it doesn't work out, I'm not going to view it as a waste. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's probably not the easiest route doing two things like that. Um, but it's just what I want to do. Yeah. You know? But I mean, I think it could go either way that... You know, living as a firefighter is obviously probably more comfortable than working at, you know, Subway or working at yeah. uh, the Blind Pig as a bar uh, tender, right? Like, if that, if, I don't know what you would do if you didn't, but you have to support yourself somehow. For sure. And so I think that comfortability of that job can, and it's something that I've even considered. Like, I, I, I thought about, I was like, should I be a firefighter? And then I can... You know, the time thing. My dad's a firefighter. My brother just became a firefighter oh, nice. uh, two weeks ago. Nice. And um, so I've thought about that. And it's still something. I don't know if I'm. But um, I think that comfortability of, you know, a job like that could make you potentially not pursue comedy as well. Because you, you, you feel... It's easier to just lean into that. You're making good money and stuff. But it could also give you the comfortability to pursue comedy for longer. Yeah. To where... Uh, That's kind of what I think. Yeah, it's like it's like you're... You know, it's replacing, I guess, what what would you be doing? We're good. I got... I'm, I'm, <laughs> if, that, if that thing tries anything, dude. It's uh, there's a lot of jumping fish out here. A lot of jumpers. It, um... It could make you pursue it longer and having that comfortability to to do it on the side. I think. As opposed to going to the bars and getting drunk after work. Like, what right. are you going to replace that with? Right. Point of view and perspective is everything. Because mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would see what I'm doing and be like, he's just forming a safety net for himself. And it's going to backfire because he's going to get too comfortable. Yeah. That's fine. That's not my perspective. So I don't think, like, my point there's two things I want to do in life and I'm going to do it, you know, like that's just the way I see it. Um, because bro, none of this is real. Like none of this is real because Should we all, sink the boat. We could sink the boat and I guarantee you we'd be fine, dude. I could <laughs> stay under there for 10 minutes. Yeah. What I'm getting at is like, this is just a ride, man. This life is just a ride. Cause at the end of the day, the only thing guaranteed is we're going to die, you know? So, the structure, and it goes back to the whole society thing, which was kind of a joke, but also kind of like the way I think is that I don't have to do it the way people are telling me to do it. Mm. I can do it the way I do it. And if I fail, 
then I fail and I start over, man. I'm young, like, yeah. And I'm, I don't know. I see both sides of the coin where I can, also, but like that comfortability and having that job could help me focus on stand up more. Like, that's what I'm I saying. Don't have yeah. To, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't have to work the shit job. I'm a, I'm a, um, work at a bar right now. Right. On the weekends, hate it. Yeah. I could never do that. I do it like I do it twice a week. Uh-huh. And I just like I just I went from <laughs> like the importance of my job in the military and everything we did, ballistic to mis- missile defense in the South uh, China Sea, escorting high value assets into the most tensioned waterways in the Middle East. And now my primary duty is to stop the trash from overflowing so drunk people have a safe place to <laughs> uh, place their empty receptacles. Uh, yeah. You know, um, yeah, you're doing big stuff now. That was that was just right. This is the real then. stuff. This is the real world. Um, so I just think like that's stressful, and and there's so many comedians that build. I guarantee you, and I've seen a little, build stress and discontent for life, and their point of views get altered because of um, that low level of like like that lifestyle. Man, it's not fun. It's not fun to work a bar, get off at 2 a.m. every night, exhausted, and then try to wake up and go to an open mic. Mm. And your only hope of getting out of this life is if comedy blows up right what whereas if i'm a firefighter i love what i do i'm having fun i'm good to ride that into the sunset if need be yeah but that's not how i if i look at it like that i don't think it's gonna help me Mm -hmm. i think i just have to do the job because i like it and then continue to try to be a stand-up yeah um to answer your question no that's awesome yeah i love that perspective so and i've been thinking about that so much lately about my uh, mental capacity for doing comedy and like you know i used to think about it just get up as much as possible like you hear people just get up on stage as much much as possible but i'm realizing now that there's a way to structure my life to get the most out of comedy Mm -hmm. and just my life to to, uh to be happy right definitely balance is balance key man yeah and i'm not one of those keeping us dry right now people yeah right yeah. yeah, my butt's getting a little, a little moist. No, just a little sore. Oh, okay. I got weak butt my bones. I didn't want to. I know. Yeah. Just by looking <laughs> at you, I know. I don't want to say that, yeah. but I know. It is what it is. But um. Yeah, I think it's cool, and I think it gives you a different perspective than how many open micers are unemployed or work at bars or whatever yeah. it is. You know, you're the firefighter guy, and then you show up with your fire hat and your turnouts, yeah. and right. you show up, and that well, becomes your shtick. Yeah, and it's so just uh, that's another thing is I you like, change your name to you just write fireman. Yeah, and fire people man. know you as the fireman, and it helps to have a bright red face all the time too. Um, that's the fireman. Yeah, I uh, and would you, is, would you call it auburn or red hair? Um, or would you? Depends how the sun hits it, really. Yeah, I think sometimes it has a tint of orange. But uh, your normal hair is not the same color as your beard. I mean, I'm blonde right now. But that's fake. So this is what... Easy, pal. Oh. <laughs> easy, buddy. It's not Sorry, fake. I'm getting too comfortable. It's not fake. What I did is I okay. sprayed a little... There's this thing called... Uh, my little cousin, she had this thing called sunning. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Right. So I sprayed a little sunning in my hair, and this happened. Yeah. Aggressively. Okay. Aggressively. So my mistake, it's real. It's real, but fake real. Like... The sun did it. Yeah. Apparently, sun is like lemon juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, if, like, I was running through a lemon orchard and a lemon just popped on my head and then the sun hit it and I turned blonde, would we call it fake? What would, what would we call it in that situation? Yeah, you got me on my toes. All natural things. A lemon's natural. 
You're right. The sun. Right. Me not me running through a lemon orchard happens all the time. Yeah. So. I mean, I guess for that sake, those tattoos could be real too. If you just you know gotta. I'll have you know these are these are birthmarks. I'm very self conscious about. <laughs> Do you have any? You got any ink? No. My uh, parents won't let me. So. Yeah. My, Maybe, my they say when I'm 25, it. I can get a tattoo. Okay. So next year. <laughs> or this year. When do you turn 25? Uh, next year, March. You really are aging nicely, man. Thank you. You're one of those guys that could, could either be, you could either be 36 or 17. Oh, awesome. You know? And, cool. and that's, and that, and that, all that power's in your hands. You know? Yeah. You walk in slouched, maybe you're sagging your pants a little bit. Yeah. This I, guy. I think being clean shaven helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't really grow a beard too well, so that. How do you, how do you, do you does anybody in your family grow a beard? Uh, not a respectable one. Okay. I mean, not like, not like a Stuecki. Is this respectable? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I mean, that's a beard. Yeah. You're a guy with a beard. Appreciate it. If, if you saw me trying, you'd be like, that's a guy Here's trying. The thing. Here's beard. the thing that you should know this, and because you're winning. Yeah. You have, a, you have a magnificent head of hair. Ah, oh, thank and you. And that's way, I'm telling you, you tell, any bald guy with a beard will tell you, I wish I had hair. So that's the only thing. Like, I'm, this hair is probably going to be gone ten years. Mm-hmm. The hairline's not. It's, it's getting back there. Dude, lot, I mean, some of the best comedians are bald. Okay, so. I don't think that. I don't think because they're bald. Balding is a. Uh, it's a sign of wisdom. Okay. It's okay. a guy who you know. You think so? I think so. You don't think it's a sign of a guy that just has been boozing way too hard for years, smoking cigarettes, doesn't work out, doesn't eat right, stressed. Those guys have a lot of wisdom sometimes. Even yeah, they can, tell you, they can tell you how to stay out of the slammer. Yeah. Or to get out once you've gotten in. Right. So. But, um, no, I do feel lucky that I have hair. Maybe one day it'll grow, but... Um, do you have a dog? No. Okay. But, uh... It's great. Yeah, I want one. It's but great. I also, like... Yeah. You got a you got a big pop, right? Huge. You got a it's a pitbull. He's a he's a lab. Uh, there's something else there. I don't know what he is. He's a lab, an English lab, but uh, people like he might have a little Great Dane in him or something. I don't know. Does something. it hold you back in any way? It holds me back. Um, like uh, when I went to Indiana. Yeah. For the like, I had to find someone to watch my dog. Uh, yeah. It's a responsibility. I'll watch your dog if if you ever need it. We have I that have recorded. To. No, yeah, I love okay. my my girlfriend. Literally asked me every day to get a dog. Dude, I don't want to say she asked me, but she suggests to me, "Hey, let's go get a dog." And I say, "All right." Uh, well, I will keep that in mind. Thank you. No, yeah, for I, sure. I don't have I'd like a lot. Of, I don't have a lot of travel plans, but he's I, a great dog. As a non-dog owner, it's it's so nice to be around. It's dogs. being an uncle. It's being an uncle. It's like you got to give him his first beer, take yeah. him to the Dodger game, teach him about tits, and then I, not have yeah. to change his diaper. I love dogs, but I also love the freedom of not having a dog. Yeah, yeah. But having him, man, like, I live by myself. Right. If I was by myself, I might do it's that. It's so nice. Yeah. It's probably making me a little crazy, if I'm being honest. Because, yeah. like, I'm I've, I'm at the point, you know what I'll just say, it, Nico, I'm at the point where I've completely humanized this dog. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, where it's just like, he's you like my buddy. We don't like, wait, what? Oh, <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I said you're getting in there. Oh, I mean, well, he does, he does well for himself. My he likes dog, peanut butter or what? Well, no, he just crushes it at the dog park. Oh, okay. Like, dude, he's. That's cool. You're like the wingman. I'm the wingman. That's I bring good. him to this. I bring him to the hookers, and then yeah. I basically I don't pay for him, but I'm picking up his poop, so it's kind of <laughs> you know. But uh, no, dude. Yeah, you're I'm, getting laid through uh, what's it, vicariously or something like that. Well, he's helping me out. 
Oh yeah, he's, he dude, that's a good thing. Yeah. A dog is a good. Uh, yeah. Girls trust you more. Yeah. And they just think you're cute because yeah. the dog is cute, maybe. And you're, um, and you're a taken man. Yeah, I'm taken. Okay. And not for me. I'm just not. I wasn't asking for me. Uh, just, no, I dude. I mean, I you know. Um, so if a couple more I don't minutes, have a boyfriend, so okay. I could ask my girlfriend. Times are changing, man. Yeah. Times are changing. She and I'd be the no perfect girlfriend. dude, cause here's the thing, man. We would just it would just be like I wouldn't you wouldn't feel pressured to please me. Like it would just be like Hang we'd out. be watching like, you know, sports, slapping Space each other jam. on the ass, drinking beer. Sometimes yeah. I think about that, man. Like, why didn't I get the gay gene? Yeah. Cause dude, they they're not they don't struggle, man, to like get to get uh a, 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 you know to get it in. To get some ass. To get some ass. They don't struggle. They do mm. way better than, than I think the normal heteros, heterosexual male. Oh yeah, two guys. Oh, I mean, two guys. I'm just saying, as far as like like getting uh, getting laid is much easier. Right. Than and you'd think it'd be harder because there's so so much fewer. Oh, I don't think there is anymore, Nico. Oh, there's not. I don't think there is anymore. Do you think there's more? Uh... I'll tell you this. Okay. And I and this I cannot say names. Yeah. But. Uh, Maybe, maybe off mic. Yeah. But uh, even the risk of, of 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 this slipping out through the blurb and someone hearing it, I can't take. Yeah. But there's this um, there's this guy that I know, who uh, told me he's openly gay. Yeah. And he went to high school with me, so you may know. Yeah. He told me, I think two years ago, so 2019, he told me that he was name dropping people on the football team that hit him up that he was doing things with yeah that's hot yeah and, dude, he, and i was like so i was like dude why like i'm not saying i wanted you to but how can you never hit me up like mm. am i just am i just not that i was on the football team I'm about, like, what about when you find out that a gay guy was hitting up your friends and not you it kind of hurts yeah not that i wanted to i would have politely declined but it's like what what don't i have and he's like dude you don't you're not gay and i'm like mm. so you could so you can just tell and he's like yeah i can just tell yeah and i know like he, I would never do this. I'm not this type of person, but he gave me some serious dirt on people. I'll tell you wow, that. That's fun. Dude. If it's true, I love that. If it's true, we don't even know if it's true or not. But yeah, to answer well, your question, is, I think but... I think there's more than we know. Oh, for people. sure, yeah. dude. And well, we already get, know that, yeah. but like I think there's far more than we know. I mean, when you get into bicuriousnesses and stuff like that, how do you? Uh, I don't. I'm empty here. I um, I can give you a sip of my water. Do you want some of it? Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, I don't have a water bottle, but no worries. Oh no, this is the most interesting thing that's happened all podcasts. So. Don't don't edit this out. What? Oh yeah, come on out, come on over. Okay, I was gonna talk shit about him, so now I'm not gonna. But uh. Anyways, we have a uh, an audience. Uh, I'm pissed. The cameras are gonna die pretty soon. Are they about to die? Uh, I don't know how much time we got left, but not a time. I just want to say, he asked us for water. We offered him water, and he declined. Okay. There's this there's this old saying that somebody taught me. I don't even care if he hears this at this point. There's this uh. This family that got stuck in Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. There's this one guy, right? right? Maybe a family. And he prayed to God. He was like, please get me out of here. Like, please send me something. Uh-huh. Right? So then a guy on a boat comes up and he says, what's up, man? And he says, 
hey, I'm here to save you. And the guy's like, don't worry, God's come. Like, God has a plan. God's going to save me. Don't worry. So right. The guy in the boat drives away. Jet ski comes up. Hey, we're here to save you. Don't worry. God's got a plan. He's going <laughs> to save me. Then a helicopter comes. We're here to save you. Don't worry. God's got a plan. Before you know it, the water overflows. He dies. And he gets to heaven and he's like, God, why didn't you help me? He's like, you idiot, dude. I sent you three ways to get out of there. You just disregarded it. Yeah. So that's what we just had a little little case <laughs> of, is what I'm getting. I there. love that. But, uh, uh, I agree with that, yeah. Where do, <laughs> I agree with that, yeah. <laughs> where do we do, go Are here? you sure you don't want to sip in my water, man? Here. I do, I do possibly have COVID. I don't think so, but. I can't risk it. I have a cousin with cancer. I can't risk it. Oh, okay. I don't think I have COVID, but I am a little sniffly. I can't risk it. I'm sorry. Thank you for the offer. Yeah, yeah. Please continue on. Yeah, I, like, yeah. I love podcasts. Oh, a sweet. lot of pressure here. What's your name? My name's Gerson. Nice to meet all of y'all. Gerson? Yes. Gerson's yes. watching us. Um, so, uh, I wish we had a mic for Gerson to go on. I know. On. No, 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 please. Uh, okay. What were we talking about? We were talking about um, how someone died and oh, yeah. the guy goes up to heaven and he's like, God, why don't you help me? Yeah. What were we talking about before that, though? Um... An array of different things, man. We were talking about dogs. Oh yeah. Oh no, but we were talking about um, the the gay community. The gay community. I think it would be so. Um, I think it would just be kind of interesting to be gay, in a way. Do you like? Do you I mind if so. I ask your sexual orientation? So I'm mainly straight, but I'll be honest, I had dabble on like the other side. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna repeat this into the mic just because they can't hear that. He said he's mainly straight. But this is crazy. I'm so glad you just you just came over here. He's mainly straight, but he dabbles with guys. Now, when did you find out about that? So by that, I mean I'm not uh, sexually attracted to them. I could say like he's very sexy, or like oh dang, he's really he's good looking. Okay. But in bed wise, I wouldn't go that far. So you've never gotten physical with me? No, I not. Oh, dude, that's not. You're no, but straight. The most, the most I'll ever do is let my girl or my wife peg me. Like your I'm wife sure. pegs you? Yeah. Oh, that's okay. not gay, dude. No, but like. Well, isn't the there's, there's a G-spot there. Yeah, dude. I mean, the um, yeah, God put the G-spot in your butt for a reason, man. So so is this just pure straight right there at that point? Yeah. I think it's straight. Oh, yeah. then, then I guess I'm pure straight. I think, but like I, you're, so you're saying that you can recognize when a man's beautiful? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I dude. think the dudes that I mean, we're all straight, hot. We're all hot. I think, I think the guys... You know who ends up being the closeted gay, and I recently discovered a person like this. The most is the person that's ever. dropping the f bomb all the time, f a g, mm. yeah, yeah. calling everybody that, and is just completely like, if you try to hug him, dude, get off me. That right. guy's gay. Yeah. But the guy that says, dude, Chris Pratt is a very beautiful yeah. man, not gay, maybe gay, yeah. but you don't have to be gay to say I that. I think that's more like comfortable with your own sexuality and like masculin- masculinity. Yeah. So for sure. Like. uh... Did you send some of that on the football team? Was it was it some of the people you'd least expect? Here's the thing, like, it's just the locker room is just a gay environment. Like, it's the first time in my life where people are like slapping me in the butt and you know grabbing things they shouldn't grab, saying things they shouldn't say. But you never, you just think that's just boys being boys. And then mm-hmm. I don't think anyone that I've played sports with is openly gay. I, I don't, I don't know if anyone is, but it's interesting, I guess. Can I start recording you? Oh, sure. I don't mind. Oh, I feel like this will be... Um, I agree with that. Uh, when I went great. to basic this training... Is, this is going to get put out, by the way. So oh, anything you say, just just know. Oof. And I do got to watch out. Uh, well, but you don't because nobody you know knows us. Who knows? I might know I mean, someone, maybe. Uh, someone I don't know who watches y'all might recognize me like, hey, I know that guy. That's true. It's possible. Just know, just know the... Uh, I got two listeners, dude. Know the possibilities That's before more than it. zero. 
Yeah. Just know the possibilities. Okay? What's your name, first of all? My name is Gerson. 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 Sorry, you just asked him. Huh? Yeah. Oh, not I'm Nico. Nico. This is Matt. You nice said, to meet you, Matt. You said you just got out of the... No, that, that was long ago. That was like four years ago. What branch were you in? Army. Army, okay. I am still currently in service. I'm with the National Guard right now. Oh. So, but... Thank you for your service. Thank you for oh, your thank service. Thank you for your support. Yeah. yeah. But making basic, it was... Uh, I do understand the whole locker room thing. It was... Uh, I'll never forget a time where, like, uh, we came from, like, a hard day of training, and one of the, my guys, we all got a shower, and I was just, like, looking in the mirror, like, damn, I'm, I'm burnt. And he came up to me and said, hey, good job, and slapped my ass. Yeah. Which, which surprised me, and put me in one second while orienting myself better. You, you, uh, you kind of start to like it, huh? Um, no, honestly. <laughs> I just want to see if I can get you to slip right back. <laughs> no, it, it's caught me off surprise, like, whoa. Um, whoa. Yeah, because in today's society, like, dude, that's a huge, like, our dads were smacking each other on the ass, you know? Like, that's a big, like, go get them, kid. But today, like, to just do that to somebody in public, like, people wouldn't like it. it I guess it just depends on the... You shouldn't slap anyone in the butt. That's true, but I guess it just depends on the also, individuality of each person. Because okay. there might be people who are comfortable with it. Yeah. And you won't even know it unless you ask. And yeah. gosh, dang it, give me one moment. Well, it's like the, uh, dude, you're doing your very best. Yeah, okay? we're figuring it out. Um... There's a, uh, it's like, you know, like that BDSM stuff, like that crazy, like torture type of pleasure that people yeah. do. It's always Well, the don't call it crazy. I mean, some of us like it. Cra okay. Nice. Crazy with a nice. K. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, oh man, that, that shoddy crazy. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I, 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 it's always the quiet guy. Who's into mm. that stuff? You know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. It's always the quiet. It's never the dude that's boisterous and loud. It's always the dude that keeps to himself that puts the dog mask on. And I respect that, dude. Oh, yeah. Well, when you're quiet or observers. So if you're trying to feel out a situation, you're observing who... You're trying to get a read for people. You don't talk as much. The people who are always talking and stuff, they... Uh, it's true. Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. It's no, true. I get you. I yeah. get you. But, um... Can I ask your uh, nationality? I know you're an American. But just your your, your my background. Your, your background. Uh, so I grew up pure Salvadorian, but my stepdad is Honduras, so I got some of that in me. Central America. Yes. Okay. I am obsessed with Central America. I've never been. Uh, I just happen to like mangoes and Spanish women. Nice. So I want to go to Costa Rica. Um, do you uh, you often get confused as Mexican? Yes, a lot. Yeah. Uh, I got to the point where I got used to it, and okay. I hate that I got used to it, but. And if I correct them, here's like the things I hear. Oh, they're the same thing. Yeah. And it's like at that point, we got you. We got you. Oh, I don't want right. to tip y'all right. over. Hey, dude, that'd be great for content. Duh. If we went down. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> that would be my biggest uh, views. Oh yeah. When that happens. Um, but other than that, I mean, I got used to it, and and I would never forget this time where uh, I was on mission, and a buddy of mine said, "Hey, my last name is Vasquez," and he said, "Where are you from?" I'm like, "I'm a like." And I said American. He's like, "Fuck yeah!" Because I guess he was expecting a different answer, and huh. that does fire me up, straight up. When like you ask like an Asian person or uh, a Hispanic person or Latin, and they say American, it's like, "Damn right you are, man!" Because that's America. We're the we were the first, you know, diverse nation. Like everyone's welcome here. It doesn't feel like it sometimes, but it's the truth, and it's so cool. Like. Americans not white. Americans, America doesn't have red, white, and blue, baby. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Red, white, and blue, baby. And you serve, so that's awesome. I just asked because I'm really into like Hispanic culture. Oh, that's fine. Just, just to get um, like a fetish. 
No, I just want. I just love Hispanic women. Yeah, but <laughs> now, I'm actually curious. That is your fetish. Is that your fetish? Span- Dude, if a girl, I actually have a joke about um, women calling me Poppy in the bedroom. I don't like it, but I do. I like it. <laughs> but I don't. But like, I'm not a white girl. Is it different? Is it different? Like, if a white girl calls me Poppy, it's cultural appropriation. <laughs> Yeah, it's different. What are you talking about? It's, it's totally different. But, um, uh, so you're, you're a married man. Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. Does she know where you are right now? Uh, actually, um, I don't have anybody right now. I thought you said you did. No, no. You got your heart broken. Uh, it, it was a tough, it was a tough relationship. I, okay. Um, beginning of this year, I told myself, this is going to be the year where I have to break up. Like, if I don't do it, I'm gonna torture myself. It's yeah, and it's man. and I'm sure you guys are guys, so you know what exactly what I mean when you're with someone. You can't someone. assume that we are, but you know. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Well, Sometimes we're, we're guys. <laughs> Wait, let me think. Yeah, I'm a guy. Right now? Right now. You look like a guy. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Okay. Go on. With the boys right now, I'm feeling guy. With the squad. <laughs> squad, baby. And it was just we went through a lot. Neither of us were the good guys in this story. It's just. I was holding down, holding on to a dream of high school sweethearts yeah. so hard that I was willing to sacrifice my own emotional being to, to love her and torture myself to keep on loving her. Mm. But I, I could not. I cracked under pressure. I feel like I just... I cry right now. That's beautifully said. I, felt, I, just, I went through a breakup recently as well. I know, I know where you're at, brother. Mm. But you know what? See this water? Lots of fish in there, man. You gotta grab you gotta grab. You gotta ask, though. Like the fish in here, you don't have to ask. But the fish out there, you gotta ask. Don't just grab them. And you know, looking back, that you made the right decision, yes. even though it was tough. It, it is. It you was. You know that you didn't make the wrong decision. Exactly. You did what you had to do. Look at you. You know where you're not right now. You're not at home in bed, crying, sad. You're out in the river, baby. Exactly. Like, collecting the rays, taking in all this vitamin D. That's how you. That's getting to meet both of y'all, dude. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta dwell on like the sadness of a breakup. People are so eager to move on from it. But what I've learned with like mental trauma is that it can only go away if you deal with it, you know? It'll yep. come, that shit will come back, man. Yeah. That'll come back for sure. It's, but that's when you come back, that's when you, when getting out of it, you appreciate like, all right, you just, you recognize the happiness when it's there, if that makes sense. Yeah, you gotta yeah, yeah. go through the sad to be happy that you're in the happiness. Okay, so are you on like Tinder and Bumble now? Nope. How long ago was this again? This was the beginning of the year. So oh, okay. around February, have you March. Noticed, have you noticed a change in your life? Yes. Oh, drastically, actually. Like what? Drastically. Oh, oh. No, cool. I, I, I got you, baby. Drastically, actually. Like, for, oh, I'm so sorry. For example, I became extremely more open and communicated with my emotions. I, I've talked to you. I know so much about you in five minutes. Exactly. So I believe that. And, and I... You know, I like to meet everybody new. I'm not scared to admit, you know, and I'm just not scared to bring my emotions and just tell the truth anymore. Like, it's just, it feels relieving just to talk to great people and try not new things and, I guess, appreciate life more often. Yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. That's what life's all about. And when you do that stuff, the women will come, you know? When you, when you focus on yourself, be healthy, have, people are attracted to, to, to happy energy, you know? And when you're just, I do, I have so many, and, and, and uh, I was also in the military, I was in the Navy. Um, yeah, that, that's not the response I thought I was gonna get from a soldier. But, uh, yeah! <laughs> oh God, wow, all right. Um, Thank I'm you ready, for your service, I'm, both I'm, of I'm you guys. I'm gonna go to Afghanistan right now after that. But, um, 
I think uh, in the service, I saw a lot of guys, man, that every night when they were going out, were like, dude, we're going to get laid tonight. Like that was, And then when that is your only focus, dude, guess what never happens? You never get laid. And like it just, it just causes so much discontent and stuff like that. But dude, when that's not a priority and it just starts to happen, it feels more like a reward instead of like a mission. Just better off, man. That's how you find a good girl. I agree. Or a good guy. Or whatever you're looking for. It takes time, though. It's it's tough to stick it out and, you know, to search in the right places. How long you been with your lady? Oh, uh, six and a half years. Oh, okay. congrats, She's not going to like that hesitation there, but that's all right. Well, dude, I mean, time starts to, like, yeah, especially during maybe COVID or maybe it's just getting out of college and school and stuff. Where you're just like, what year, what day is it? What year is it? Sometimes I forget it's 2021. Yeah, me too. And I forget what month it is. And I, there's calculations and stuff. But yeah, six and a half years. And um, she's from home? Yeah, she's from home. And she's awesome. And I, and I, I feel very lucky in a way to, to found someone that... Uh, and it's not even that, because half of it is like the right person at the beginning but I lately I've been thinking about so much about how much we've like grown together by being together and figure and growing into the right people for each other like it's beautiful some of the you know I think right now is like the most I've ever loved her and so and it's a different kind of love too because when you when you first start dating someone it's like it's like butterfly mm-hmm. like, yeah but then yeah so uh, I'm happy for you, man. I hope you guys have a long, beautiful life together. You have great Dude. vibes. Thank you. <laughs> was there any part of you that's like, oh, this was your high school sweetheart. You got to dump her and join, get on a stand-up paddleboard like me and start living life. <laughs> yeah, are you on shrooms right now? No. Oh, okay. No. Okay. That'd be awesome. I will. I used to be okay. on them. Okay. Good times, though. Good All times. Right. Yeah. I Before or after? Uh, Before. Oh. Before. I'm still serving, so I can't right now. Oh, okay. So on the record. Hmm? Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I saw. I like to say they're a trip. They're a trip. <laughs> it was. Uh, I saw some some crazy shit. Man, even now, uh, I think back. I'm like, shit. Is this even real? Like it's it's just my. Oh, fault. it was real. It's my fault. What did you guys see? I'm assuming y'all used shrooms before. No sir. I used the shrooms one time. And what you what was your experience? It was good for a for a window. For a window, it was like maybe the happiest. I don't know about happiest, but like most beautiful stuff I've seen. Like at that peak, and I was on the beach, and I heard the most beautiful music of my life. And I wish I could was have that it. Reggaeton? No, it was like angel choirs Whoa. and like uh, I love super it when loud. Older, I don't know if you guys. <laughs> I love it when older women sing together. Oh, like oh. that harmony, you know what I'm saying? Oh, that'll get you going. Like, there's a, uh, you know the, you know, um, in that Rolling Stone song, you can't only get what you, you can't always get what you want. Mm. In the beginning, there's like those ladies singing together. I imagine them to be like motherly figures. Oh yeah. Whoa. Nourishment. It, it turns you so back into like a baby. Yeah. You're like in the cradle, and these old ladies singing to you. Do you think? Do you think you uh, subconsciously, when you're when you're looking for the right mate, do you subconsciously look for someone who has? Um, traits that your mom has. Oh yeah, that's what they say, right? Assuming you have a good relationship with your mother. You know, I never even noticed that or thought of that before. 
Um, I just change your life a little bit. Are you saying like like I need to look someone for that or like? I think subconsciously the what they, they have traits. They have traits like you, you you. That was the first woman you loved. That's who raised you. That's right. Do you think it's more blood or it's more experience? I think Ooh. it's like uh, if you have a good mom, you know you 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 you. I think naturally think like well. I want a woman like this to raise my kids. Yeah. You know? It's just like, and I hate to say this right after talking about mothers, but like, it's like the same reason why guys are inter- like are attracted to big breasts and hips because it's like naturally best for breeding. Mm. You know? So, uh, I would think, I would even be curious to know if, if it's what you look for, even if it is a negative experience, just because maybe it's just what you know or what you're used to. Like, sometimes, like, how it can be carried on for people to, like, hit their kids because they were hit growing up mm-hmm. and they don't, you know, like, sometimes, or if they're... That's why I got a dog, dude. They can't tell people you're hitting them. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, abuse gets passed down because it's just what you're used to and what you think, even if it's negative and you know, like, I hate this, it's just what you're around. So even if your mom, you hate it or maybe you still look for that. People, people grow comfortable with chaos. Yeah, or, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people who are abused who get into abusive relationships. Damn, that's some really shit I've ever heard right there. But that's what we do. But you, public radio. Yeah, but you're uh, you are attracted to uh, Hispanic women. Is your mom a Hispanic woman? She's not. Uh oh. You knew that. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, you could have been adopted. I uh, I could have been. That would have been crazy. If Is I this me shitting on your mom now? No. <laughs> back for asking no. The no. 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 <laughs> Not at all. But if I was adopted by like a, if I was in a Hispanic family, that'd be that'd be crazy. Imagine if I like developed like an accent. <laughs> I... <laughs> no, um, I don't know, man. I think I just too much failure with white women. Oh yeah. You know. Really. Uh, attraction. I, I mean, I'm I'm single yeah. and I've dated white women. Question: Isn't white women most of the majority you've dated? I um, have had. No, I dated a Mexican girl. And how was your experience with that? She was, I, I, I mean, we broke up. Ah. You know. And I basically, dude, I heard the word gringo. I never heard so much in one day. Oh. I just kept calling me gringo. Um, and that's what I was. Dude. I was the token gringo. I was there to make all the, like, the uncles laugh. Like, I was just calling me like, The only white dude there. Did I ever bug you, though? Just, like, calling you gringo like that? No. What? No. I don't know. I feel like, like, like so. Think of a word that would offend a white guy and say it. Because I can tell you they don't exist. Yeah. Oh, there's one. There's one. Racist. White people <laughs> do not like being called racist. Yeah. But other than that. Good point. I guess, I don't know. I guess I, I always saw that as like, what's the point? I, in my eyes, words like that uh, never make sense to me. Do you get slurs? Do you get slurred at? Like, like what do you mean? Like, does anyone call you any, like, meaner or something? I grew up uh, not even knowing any racist words. I remember the in- first instance of, I shit you not, the first time I ever heard about racism was when I was in the fourth grade, and only because I, it was in, it was kind of, school, and I talked to my, my school teacher who, who was black, and she was, a, she was super kind, but she pulled me out of the side, like, asked me, where's your homework? And I said, oh, it's at my house. And she asked me, where is your house? And I don't, and as a kid back then, I don't know where the heck the address was. So I was describing the area. And I said, there's a church right in front of my house where a lot of black people go to. And I said that so innocently 
And I still say it's innocent, but she started laughing. And she called me another teacher saying, look what this boy said. And I said, what? I just said there's a church right in front of my house that a lot of black people do. And it's true. A lot of black people go there. I didn't see no problem with that. And then they started making fun of me. But teacher made fun of me. I went back inside and I told my classmates about it. And they're like, wait, what did you say? And I told them exactly what I said. And one of the students asked me, are you racist? And I shit you not, I've never heard that word before. And I was like, what is that? And they're like, you don't know what racist is? Racist is? And I'm like, no. And they're like, are you? And I'm like, am I? I don't know what the fuck that is. And only like in the sixth grade, I found out what the fuck that is. And that just thought to myself, bro, what the fuck? I forgot my point of that story. I know it was a great story. Thank you. It was a great story. Thank you. Oh, but I guess racist words just never make sense to me. Like, what's the point? I say the only time it's good to, I mean, to use it is for jokes. Okay. But to keep on calling someone like that, I don't know. I feel like in, in that case of yours, it would have been, I would have been nice to call your name instead of just called gringo. And I'm, I, I'm just saying, I guess I'm feeling more... Very compassionate, you are. Thank you. A lot of empathy out of you. Thank you. I I'm think, okay with Gringo. I think it depends on the situation and if you feel like you're... Uh, it comes from a place of love or hate, right? Like, obviously, these people liked you, it's right? Intent. It was it's intent. I was welcomed into the household. Right. Yeah, so it honestly... In a way, I think uh -huh. it can make things feel a little better sometimes if you're... Uh, like, at least I'm being... Like, this feels, you know... We're both aware I'm yeah, the real only race, white dude real, real, here. Real, real race, I mean, you're not even going to know. Yeah. They're not going to let you around. Right. You know? So. And um, it, it can also come from how much you've been exposed to that throughout your life. Right. Like, if you've always been the only black guy in a room of white people, and it's always, like, since you were a little boy, you felt like the odd one out, and you've been made fun of, and that's how you were raised, it can probably be harder to deal with than if you were never really exposed to that and then as an adult they're talking about you're the white guy it's like yeah it's this isn't my whole life you right know? so i think it can feel different in that sense i i wonder if oh, as a white person if i grew up in a country or area where i was the minority how how my view on these things would be different or it, if i could yeah. feel like it definitely would be shitty yeah, yeah. thank you you don't have to be nice. You just <laughs> say something mean about us. Yeah, I want I want one insult for both of us. I wish you guys had some fucking water. Ah, uh, okay. dude, I got you want to waterfall it or you can sip from a different. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I'm planning to see her soon, and um, she's still on ther like, on her treatment. Maybe you should splash some water just to get some moisture in your mouth. Just kind of put put it in, in your, your mouth, mouth. And spit it out. Just spit it out. Don't swallow it. But um, we're kind of running on you here. I realized my mics, like a lot of this, I don't know if they overheated or what, but they seem to, it's going to be what can I salvage from from this. So All right. I hope, I don't know, I had a great time talking with you guys. So I hope too, not too much of it went out. This, this was really special. Can I say one more thing before we close? Yeah. I am <clears> running on and, one. And get uh, this. And get yes. this. Yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> dude that's that was the one thing i wanted to talk to you about and i'm oh, well there have to be an episode two now ah uh, damn that was the one thing i wanted to talk to you about well with skill next time all right we're gonna have to tease that but um <laughs> all right. 
by yeah. all means, get that part in the podcast. That's all I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get that on there. Uh, yeah, because I wanted to talk about you. Were you one of the founders of Scoo Crew? We could talk about it. Well, <laughs> there was... Um, Cause we I, were part yeah. of the big push. So the way, the, the way it happened is my group of friends, um, one of our buddies, Dylan Hatfield, his brother and his friends made up a, a word, Scoo. Yeah. And it was nothing. It went nowhere. Dylan brought it to our group of my, of my friends. And like our senior year, we kind of blew it up. Like we were saying Scoo. Nobody knew what it was. Nobody knew anything. Um, and it was just school it was just our word, our way of living. We were labeled the school rats. Yeah. It was kind of who we were. And then, um, I find out dude, like my, my, this girl that I'm friends with, her little brother just graduated from high school, Valencia last year. And she said she went to the graduation and there's all these posters that say school and all this. It's crazy. Um, cause it was just me and my friends and like, then it became Valencia wide. And now like 10 years, 12 years later, people are saying it. They don't even know what the word means. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean he he knew what it was. Nico knows what it is. Yeah, I know what it is. Yeah, bro, everything I just said, like, there's nothing <laughs> really to it. It's just a word and. Hey man, that's school right there. Nah, you wouldn't do that. You'd be nah. like, hey, you want to go school? It's more of a verb. It's more of a verb. Yeah, school. Hi. Yeah. So. That's so cool. Uh. Yeah, so I had a, a run-in, I think, with some of your school crew. It could have even been you. I remember... Uh, on the Paseos? No, but that could have been one of my friends or something. But I remember, uh, you know, we embraced school, and we were, I was one of the people in my grade who was yelling school and stuff, and it was... Uh, That's crazy. It wasn't everyone, but I was, I think, because of my brother, I you know, his friends, and you, you were right ahead of him, it kind of... Certain type of people were embracing school, right? That's crazy, man. Uh, but I remember that me and my friends, we were, uh, in high school, we'd make like T-shirts and stuff, and that was kind of our thing. We were selling T-shirts and sweatshirts and stuff. Dude, sounds like I'm owed some royalties here. That's, this is <laughs> where I'm getting at. Not, not with school. We had our own clothing brand. It, mine was called Wild Team, right? And me and my friends would make shirts and stuff. One, we made a sweatshirt that had the word school on it and i think some people from your grade area, i remember this they were pissed off at us for as, doing a, that. Uh, as a as a as a councilman i was informed um however i was overseas fighting for your freedom so i didn't have the you know the time to deal with this uh, issue okay. but now that we're here yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah don't sell those don't sell those yeah <laughs> i uh and i it made me feel really shitty and like no no was, you're fine dude. Yeah. no one no one actually no did. this is a long time ago but it was like on twitter and stuff people were like what what the fuck is this this goes against uh no. the the whole culture of school and stuff no press and is bad press like, baby yeah no press yeah i guess so press. if you're not if you're not getting the people fired up dude if you're not ruffling right. some feathers what are you doing yeah but it, I, I remember it just felt shitty to be on the the wrong side of the original skewers and i was like It'll ah happen, man It'll but, happen. But it's how do you know that fuck I was? Those guys. How do you know I was one of the originals? Um, I think uh, I look through whispers your inst- of my name still echo through those hallways. No, I think I talked to my uh, brother when I had first oh, yeah. met you and whatever, I and know, he was yeah. like telling me who you, who were your friends and stuff, yeah. and who you. And then I looked through your Instagram and I saw some of the people you hang out with, and I was like, oh yeah, this is the Scoo Crew. Yeah, this is the Scoo Rats. Dude, your brother's your brother had a good squad, man. Shouts to Rooster and Moose, dude. Dude, I'm jealous of him in a way because his he has still a tight group from high oh, school yeah, of dude. eleven or fourteen of them that yeah. 
you know, that's rare to find a group that sticks around yeah, like dude, that. Christian, I mean, uh, Honaker's in there, dude. I, yeah. know, I know those guys. Um, are you still tight with your people from high school? Yeah. Some of them? Yeah, a lot of them. When I was living in Arizona, a lot of them lived there in Flagstaff. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I still have a really tight Nick Dude, turtle. Get the turtle. You see the turtle? That's a good way to end it. Um, yeah, I also did volleyball my freshman year, and there was a lot of school rats oh, we on went volleyball. To the school rats, we went to all the volleyball games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, lot of the, a, a lot of the school rats were on the volleyball. Team. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's who I associated with more. And that's I think that's also not just my brother, but being a freshman in volleyball and having those, uh, they were saying school nonstop at volleyball practice. And, yeah. That's right, baby. Yeah. Part of the culture. All right. All right. One scoot to end it. Can you say it one more time? How do you do it properly? It's, no, no, no. C-S-C-O-O. And just scream it. <laughs> <laughs>